Hello, beautiful people. It is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. And this dumb sports show, live from a Thunderdome, starts now. Football! It is all the way back. Week two of the NFL season has been completed with a lovely twofer on Monday Night Football. I did not love that I had to flip back and forth between ESPN and ABC. Did not love that both games became absolute blowouts and pretty dominant. But I did enjoy the fact that we had NFL football all goddamn night. Now, if you stayed up till the end of that Vikings-Eagles game, congrats to you. Very proud of you. Uh, If you watched the end of it this morning, like some of us did, also completely understandable. We'll talk about those two games in beautiful fashion today. We'll break down all the NFL standings. We'll talk about some college football going to Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend. Oh, here Hey, Florida traveling to Tennessee. Can't wait for that. And uh, as usual, we have A.J. Hawk here. We have LaDainian Tomlinson joining us in about 22 minutes or so. He's a Hall of Famer, works for the NFL Network. And A.Q. Shipley will be live right here on this stage, chit-chatting about a brand new segment called In the Trenches, breaking down some offensive hurt play. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. Offensive line play. Sorry, not uh, just offensive. It is offensive. Right. But it's from the trenches, from the big guys, from the offensive line room. Cannot wait to hear how that goes. Uh, Normally, I'd introduce the talks table first at Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt. I will certainly do that. Boys, you look fantastic. Thank you, Pat. Pat. Thank you. Let's go to the room in the back, though. Let's go to Evan Foxy. Let's go to... I can't switch to our camera back here right now. (laughs) Yeah, they got switched right before the show. Some there of my buttons go. got switched. Don't have our camera back here. Can you guys hear me, by the way? Yes, yes we can. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to ask in the back, like, um, how's the audio sound? Because yesterday, we went for an entire hour to start the Thunderdome era. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hour ends. We go to break. Thought, fuck it, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Shot one in. Shot one in. First everything. Try. Yep. Shot one in. Then I watched the video back of the shot, and it's the most despicable sounding thing we've ever put out in the entirety. Yeah, in tennis. So, so there's a lot of questions about how were we not told about that for an entire hour of how sure. that took place. It got fixed. Now can't get the Foxy, but this is what the Thunderdome Mayor is going to bring. Some adversity, yeah. some things to go through. Probably moved in here about two weeks too early. Maybe. Probably. Probably could have given him another two weeks or so to really settle in. But this place is too nice for us not to take advantage of. Don't you think, Ty? No, come on. It's unbelievable. And also, we mentioned it yesterday. Who's to say in the two weeks that either, you know, one of our throats doesn't get slashed downtown or, you know, our yeah. tires don't get punctured or something like that. It was time. It was time. Yeah. It may, you know, there may be some things that we still need to work out here, but time was running short on downtown and we needed to get up here. I blocked uh, about 40 to 50 people last night. Nice. Yeah. Just A lot of bitching and complaining. Yeah. yeah. Just people who are are smarter than everybody. Sure. Have it all figured out. Oh, yeah, a lot of that going on. Have it all figured out. And I appreciate how much people care about this program, and I appreciate how much people want to make it appear as if they know what the fuck they're talking Mm -hmm. about. Uh, Yesterday was a shit show. Right before we got live, as we were live, apparently, thought we snuck by. And then afterwards, still trying to figure it all out. Uh, We do appreciate all of the criticism and feedback. Uh, But if you're a no-talent-having motherfucker, go ahead and keep that in the chamber. Because I will scour through your Twitter, see if you're a person that I should be listening to. And if you're not, I just blocked you. And it's uh, normally I mute people, but I don't want those people to win any of the contests that you guys have worked your ass off to do as well. But I love it. I mean, we golfed yesterday four holes. Took a long time. Golf swing, uh, golf swing wasn't fantastic. I believe we'll be streaming rounds probably on our Twitch. I think we're going to start a Twitch up to do Simulator's that. Simulator's awesome and camera's back. That a baby Foxy. Figured it out. There's Doug on the right side. Look at him standing over Foxy's shoulder. Yesterday yep. at this exact time, he was over here filming from his phone. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, that's good news. Dougie's been a hell of a tag team partner for everybody in the back, as has Vig Deepak. 
and our guy, Paulie B., who's been working here. Yeah. Once again, we'd like to remind everybody, we hired a guy named Petro. We have not seen him at all. Got a nice email from him last night, though, saying he's overseeing it all. Oh. oh okay. okay. Wasn't yeah, the queen. The yeah, queen okay. died. Yeah, the queen passed away. He wasn't here before then or during that. And he's got a brand new tattoo because the queen died. So, yeah. Really? Yeah, he's living a good life, the high life. We paid him. He brought us this all-star cast, which we were thankful for. Uh, but it's been an entire scene, and we're thankful for everybody's patience through yesterday's first hour. I would not have listened. No. Yeah. I listened to that. Staticky. I listened to that shot that went in. Pumped about. Not sure how many more of those are going to go in, by the way. First try, First too. try goes in. I nice. thought we fucking hit a home run. I know. Because the amount of, like, buttons and cords that were being plugged in before we went live yesterday, like, classic, classic production by us. Yeah, 25th you, hour. You can move into a multi-million dollar facility that you built from scratch, and it can still somehow not be fit for you, and it can still not be able to work, and we got to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we go live, we go off, I go, these, we fucking we did, did it. it. Perfect. We did We, we did, did not do it. it. We did not do it. But anyways, it'll get better, especially on this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Can't wait to talk to Aaron uh, later in the show because, you know, it's going to be a little bit more upbeat. You know, not that he wasn't upbeat and calm last week, but this week, I mean, they beat the dog shit out of the Chicago Bears. And there was an ayahuasca celebration with Alan Lazard. Going to have to dive into that because he reacted to the ayahuasca differently than everybody else. Other guys drank it and passed out and laid down. He actually came alive because the uh, plant god kind of kind of hit him in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. The Bears had no opportunity, no chance, especially if he's getting a dose of ayahuasca in the middle of the game from Alan Lazard. The Bears might as well have just quit, just like, I'm not going to say it. Whoa. Oh, come on. I'm not going to do you it. You can say it. Might as well. The refs? Is that what you're going to say? No. They let down James the Brown Bear from the Chicago. They now. did. Jim. Jesus. Jim. Yeah, sorry. Formerly Full James. Full name James. James. Yeah. Friends call him Jim. <laughs> yeah, right. Birth name James. Mm-hmm. They let down that Brown Bear going into Green, uh, Green Bay and losing for the 105th time or something like that, yeah. which I do believe Green Bay is keeping track of. But whenever you see Aaron taking shots of ayahuasca out of a football and him coming alive and everybody passing out, we all knew that was all she wrote. Can't wait to chat with him and see what type of mindset he's in right now. Ty Schmidt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and... You can say what you want, but he's said it to us in the past. Like the the Bears games kind of do just mean a little bit more. You know, it's one of the oldest, maybe the oldest rivalry in the NFL. And you talked about it yesterday. Him talking to Justin Fields last year and saying like, "Hey, cherish this," because like you know, not every not every rivalry in the NFL, not every teams that have a rivalry, like it isn't Packers Bears. Like I'm I'm glad that those guys and they didn't play great. They didn't play their best football. He kind of admitted that. He said, you know, like the stats were a little bit misleading. The offense still wasn't as, you know, where we need to be or where we're going to be. But you knew that they were going to get up for the Bears game. The oldest rivalry in the NFL, it means a lot to him. Sunday night football, like I'm glad that they kind of, they answered the bell and responded. Yeah, and uh, LaFleur and Aaron 10-0 together after yeah. the loss. Unbelievable. A lot of losses, uh-oh. I mean, that's a lot of losses. You know, if you become 10-0 and after losses, that's a lot of losses. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, there's some coaches that have a lot of losses and still have jobs, and we don't really talk about it. We just kind of skim over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about a couple of teams last night that just fucking demolished teams. Yeah, unbelievable. I don't know which game we should start with. I guess we could just go with the Buffalo Bills because what the Buffalo Bills did to the Tennessee Titans last night was rude. Yeah, cruel. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely cruel and unusual punishment for the formerly number one team in the AFC. Yeah. The coach of the year, Mike Vrabel, I actually bet Titans plus 10 because 10 feels like a lot of points for a primetime game, especially on a monumental occasion where there's two Monday Night Football games. The number one team in the AFC last year, coach of the year, 
going on the road to a very tough Bills Mafia. That place was definite. Oh I mean, they were God. having a good time. Vaughn Miller got to experience it for the first time in his career as a member of the Bills. He chatted about how fantastic it was. There was no Bildos. No. There was no Bildos, so we kind of got a little question. Did they lose their edge or not? But they go in there to Buffalo and get their asses beat. This Buffalo Bills team might go on to be the greatest of all time. That's what it certainly appears like here early. First against the Rams, last night against the Titans. Those are two formidable foes if you look at last year's records and outcomes. And it didn't seem like the Buffalo Bills slowed down at all. Josh Allen has a 56-yard flick of the goddamn wrist right in the bucket to Stephon Diggs. This is in the third quarter. They're already up 10. But whatever, this type of stuff is happening at ease in week two. And they seem to be on the exact same page every single day. Thought Stephon Diggs was maybe going to have 700 yards because in the first half, first quarter, he was wide open all the time. The Titans know that Stephon Diggs is a weapon. They knew Gabe Davis probably wasn't going to play, so Stephon's going to eat. Somehow, they weren't able to stop him. You know why? Brand new offense coordinator, Ken Dorsey, might be better than fucking Dayball, and Josh Allen might be better than Josh Allen was last year when we thought he couldn't get better. This Bills team on defense, Vaughn Miller's made him better. Poyer still on track to have 17 interceptions this season. We love Poyer. He's incredibly handsome. Great guy. Incredibly handsome. Incredibly fucking handsome. Cool yeah. merch. He, he, cool merch. He's dropping a shoe line today. But whenever he gets on the field, dog. Captain of the Bills defense alongside Micah Hyde gets his second pick in two games. On track to do 17. And with what Von Miller's helping them do in the front and uh, the boys in the back, Tredavious White going full seat. I mean, let's... Are the Buffalo Bills stoppable at Boston Connor? You've seen a lot of this team. Mm-hmm. That pick was insane. Do you think this team's stoppable? Right now, it's hard to say. Have they peaked too early is really the only conversation yeah. you can have about this fucking Bills team. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a case to make, like, oh, they're playing their best football too early. But then you hear Von Miller talk after the game, like, yeah, we have a bunch of killers on this team. Like, we don't care if we're up by 30. The next drive, we're going to go out and try and score again. We're not slowing down at all. And like you said, you know, they have guys that go out. I think they're missing Ed Oliver and maybe Jordan Phillips, another D-tackle. No problem. Next guy up. Gabe Davis is out. No problem. Next guy up. It just feels like that they have the depth, the defense, the special teams, um, obviously the offense, and probably the MVP, Josh Allen. Zito, go into the group text if you still can with the tech ability we have. And Vaughn Miller talking about the organization that they have. Yeah. yeah. He breaks down this entire clip from – Everything, everybody in the building. He's been in a couple different places, won Super Bowl in a couple mm-hmm. different places. This is Vaughn Miller directly after the game talking about his experience as a member of the Buffalo Bills. Listen to these glowing reviews of a man who's already won two Super Bowls at two different programs. Two programs that people talk about being run like Pro Bowl in really high yeah. class. Listen to what he has to say about the Buffalo Bills in old Western New York. 17 weeks and, um, you know, football is a humbling sport. You know, you're going to be met with adversity at some point, and we just keep preparing for the adversity. You know, whenever we're up, we keep, we keep saying to each other, like, don't blink, don't let, our, don't let our foot off the gas. Like, it's a killer instinct. It's a blood-in-the-water instinct. And, you know, I don't know how it was before I got here, but, but now, like, we pedal to the medals. We have an attitude of domination. You know, we're not playing the game to just win the game. We're playing the game to dominate the game. And, we got a team full of ki- team full of killers, man, and it's led by, you know, our quarterback, you know, our head coach, you know, the leadership on this team, you know, uh, from Brandon Bre- from Brandon Bean all the way down to the janitors oh, and the infrastructure oh, of this team. Like our cafeteria ladies are just so great, you know. Our, cafeteria, you know, our, everybody that that helps out with this team, from you know Nate and the athletic training staff to, 
you know, the equipment guys, Eric Ciano, like everybody has their hand in this, man. And we just want to take it one player at a time. Like the Super Bowl is just so far away. There's so many things that can happen. We, we want to focus on the now. You know, and success leaves clues, and all the successful teams before us, they just take it one game at a time, and that's what we're trying to do. So, like, when you talk about culture, that is what you talk about. Yes. You talk about the entire building buying in, the entire building being on the same page. He's talking about the fucking lunch ladies. Mm-hmm. Hey, the cafeteria ladies here are awesome. They're always so happy. The food's amazing. They make me feel better about myself. Everybody from Brandon Breen down to the damn janitors. <laughs> Von Miller's cutting a promo about everybody. Eric Silano, I, I know who he is. He's fucking great at what he does in right? the equipment room, though, in the athletic training room. This is just a guy who's been there for, like, two months, yeah. three months. He said this is what a winning culture feels like so you have to give a lot of credit to not only mcdermott who's been able to kind of steady the storm and done it brandon bean but them together from the beginning they had tyrod taylor made the playoffs yeah made the playoffs with tyrod taylor he said yeah see it get the fuck out of here sorry sorry we're gonna build we listen we like you we appreciate you and uh what you're about to go through in football is not you're not even going to remember this. No. This is not even going to be a thing. You know, you're going to go to Cleveland. There's going to be a Baker train that's going to come through. Turns out that's not going to work out for them either. You're going to go to the Chargers. You're going to get a golf tee stabbed into your lung mm-hmm. uh, like 15 minutes before a game against the Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champs, and you're playing really well. And then Justin Herbert's going to come in, and guess what? He's you're fucking going to be awesome. Again. You're never going to play again. So, Tyrod Taylor, we apologize for having to do this. You led us to the playoffs. Get the fuck out of here. We're rebuilding. We're drafting a guy with massive hands with massive upside. He's going to suck his first year. Yeah. And McDermott and Bean aren't going to even waver. Mm-hmm. Second year, he's going to get a little bit better. They're still going to stink. We're going to stick with them. There's going to be veteran quarterbacks that are going to become available. And Bean and McDermott say, nah, we're empowering our guy. We're going to load up around this guy. We're going to take every opportunity we can to make this team better and we're going to go for it. Now, they're reaping the benefit of their patience. They're reaping the benefits of the culture they put in. They're reaping the benefits of the players they brought in who have been absolutely impactful. Look, at imagine that team without Stephon Diggs. You can't. Yeah. He wasn't on that fucking team. He was on the Vikings where he couldn't do right. Remember? Yeah. At the Vikings, it did not get along at all. Now he's superstar in Buffalo alongside Josh Allen. I can't help but just applaud the Bills yeah. for their patience, their culture yeah. building, and their vision. Now, not going to be able to happen in a lot of other places. It takes a lot of fans just buying in and understanding that the future's brighter. And it takes a lot of days where you're being told you're the dumbest motherfucker on earth, probably, being and McDermott both. But now they're in a situation where you can bring in a vet, and the vet's like, hey, this place, top class. This yes. is a winning program. Yeah. And if you're in the AFC East, you got to be scared to death, Boston Car. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially with the Dolphins, too, it's not even like there's one juggernaut. Now it seems as though there might be two with Mike McDaniel. And, you know, I won't even get into the rest of the AFC. But, yeah, I liked what Von Miller said about the successful teams leave footprints. I think he's talking about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and that's kind of what McDermott and Brandon Bean have done is they went that method, empower a quarterback just like New England did with Tom Brady for years. No, bringing no, you guys, guys are saying, hey, we're paying well, you less. Yeah. No, that was the narrative. I won't get into other narratives of Brady and Tampa that we could dive into, but that would, because I wouldn't it'd be counter. Hey, yeah. exactly. he's not dead. It would wow. just, it would just be no point to do it. Thank you. I'll talk for myself on this you one. I appreciate that. Hey, guys. Don't, don't strain your arm patting yourself on your back. Don't right? worry. I stretch right before, so I've been doing it all day. Hey, my but, arm's a little sore from us putting up the shots yesterday. A lot of shots. A lot of shots yesterday. A lot of throws You got to figure out which shot you're going to use on which hoop you're going to use, which also, that can mess with the 
tension in your arm as well. I can talk about the hoop being tilted up on this. Uh, tilted up sure. being about 12, 11 and a half, 12 feet maybe. If this was that movie Hoosiers where they bring out the thing, this yeah. one probably sitting a little bit higher, but they'll say it's a 10 because the front of the rim is bent up, which makes us better shooters. Yes. Yeah. This is a lethal shooter trick shot every time we shoot. So Carney this set this up? Uh, yeah, it feels Perhaps. like this was a carnival setup, yeah. Which is only going to make us better. That's right. It's only exactly. Gonna make us Thunderdome's only going to make us better. Adversity. That's what it's all about. We're going to be unbelievable basketball players, shooters, like lethal shooter at the end of this. But no, Bills, you know, they run the AFC East. There's a chance they might run the NFL, you know, come February. But we'll see what happens. I would not bet against them for the rest of the year until they have some sort of wavering in their armor. And the other team in that particular game was the Tennessee Titans. Oof. Number one team in the AFC last year. Yeah. Yeah. Coach of the year last year, Mike Vrabel. 90 different players. Got, but they got everybody back. Yeah. Taylor Lewan gets hurt last night. We hope he's okay. He hasn't played a full season since 2017. Offensive line is a tough position. Tackle is a tough position. Him going out obviously does not help right. the Tennessee Titans cause. There was a graphic that made its way onto the internet about teams that are scoring the most amount of points and then giving up the most amount of points. You know, one of those quadrant things. Sure, sure. sure. Yep. Titans are not going to like where they are at because no. they're very near where the Colts are when it comes to scoring points and giving up points. They're way, 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 way more than the median. Ooh. The worst team defensively is the Cardinals, the Lions at this particular point, and then the Titans for giving up points. And then further to the right you go on this graphic is the amount of points that you score. Further down is the amount of points that the other teams score. So where you don't want to be is lower left where the Titans are sitting dead in the fucking middle of it. Oh, I don't know what has happened to them. Seems like they have maybe lost their way. Cardinals giving up a bunch of points, but they're scoring more than a median amount of points. Shout out to whoever made this. I don't know. We should be giving credit to right behind there. At, at, they're not good at tagging their stuff. O-A-W-H-R-U-S. O-R-S. Shout out at. Thank you. Thank you, O'Hares. Jeez Louise. Nonetheless, do not want to be lower left on this graphic, as you can see where the Titans are living. And then the team that just fucking slaughtered them is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. That's kind of the tail of the tape. Let's move to the next game now. Vikings-Eagles. Fascinating mm. stuff here, because in the first game, Kevin O'Connell era for the Minnesota Vikings looked like it was going to be a fucking, ha ah, yeah, We I are geniuses. We are smarter than everybody. Kirk Cousins, new haircut, new bod. Mm -hmm. Yoked up. Justin Jefferson doing the gritty still, but now he's getting a lot more attention as being the guy because he's been a game record since he stepped into the NFL. Obviously, he didn't get drafted before Rager or other uh, uh, rookie wide receivers at the time. He was drafted late, ends up in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, and he have become a dynamic duo, right. especially in week one where they went for over 200 yards against the Packers. Yeah, wide open, a lot. Adam Thielen, still a guy. We absolutely oh, yeah. love him. Dalvin Cook, still a guy. Dog. We absolutely love him. Defense, Ad Smith onto the team from the Packers. Mm -hmm. Has Harrison hit Stick Smith, who I think... Did something happen to him last night during the game? I don't think so. Not to, uh, he might have got banged up, drive. but I think he came back. I don't think it's, a, it's serious or anything like that. He's a stud. They got Pat still. I mean, they have a bunch of names all over that roster, and we thought maybe this was going to be the year in the NFC North that the Vikings are going to say, this is our house. Yeah. The NFC North runs through. Skull. I won't do it. Can't do it. Skull. 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 It's not. No, it is no. not, it feels like. The Vikings, potentially same old Vikings, up and down. Or maybe the Eagles are just fucking 
dogs. Mm -hmm. They made Kirk Cousins look like Kirk Cousins from like three, four years ago. We thought Kirk Cousins has maybe grown into an absolute savage because he has won in primetime games. And in week one against the Packers, he was slinging it all over the place, Mm -hmm. sitting in the face of adversity, big-time shots, delivering the rock. They were doing their thing. He and Kevin O'Connell, the first offensive coach he's had since becoming a Minnesota Viking, this guy's going to empower him. Although the GM said, we don't have uh, Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. We got fucking lazy-ass, bum-ass Kirk Cousins. He said that literally day one of training camp, it felt like the offense was going to really suit for Kirk Cousins' needs. Last night, I don't know if Kirk Cousins sucks or if the Eagles' defense is just that much better. Yeah. Slay feasted. Yeah. Slay yeah. had a wide-open pick that was tossed to him like it was a punt return. But in the fourth quarter, up 24-7, one-on-one with Justin Jefferson, just moments after waving off the sideline because he had a little bit of a limp, they were going to take mm-hmm. him out because it is a red zone. He says, nah, Slay is a Slay maker, a playmaker. Two picks for that Eagles' defense. Jalen Hurts seemed to be unstoppable. This team is fucking awesome to watch. And Coach Sirianni is maybe the reason why for building this culture in Philly that we all mocked at one point because mm-hmm. the way he was doing it was a little bit different than we had heard in the past. Seems like they've got teams. they got a team and a bunch of players that kind of fit their mold, and that Eagle squad might be on a fucking terror in the oh, yeah. NFC East. Yeah, if Jalen Hurts can play like that, he's just so dynamic. I mean, that's what everyone said last year, like this guy can't complete a pass. So if he, you know, if, if you can limit what he can do in the run game, like – and you have to make him beat you from the pocket, he can't do it. He looked unbelievable yesterday. He did. He looked unbelievable. And adding A.J. Brown is, I mean, to go back to the Titans game too, I know they always talk about Derrick Henry. Like, you see how important A.J. Brown was to their offense. Like, they lose him, and it's like, you know, you stop Derrick Henry, the game's over. Adding A.J. Brown for Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith's got one more year. He's starting to, like, that. the Eagles are (laughs) – they're, they've been very – I mean, granted, it's two weeks into the season, but holy shit, they've been very impressive. And swag. Oh, yeah. yeah for I sure. Mean, very comfortable, very confident, and all of Philadelphia was going bananas. Paulie B., the audio guy here, uh, he obviously loves the Eagles. First thing he said this morning, go Birds. Go Birds. Uh-huh. Go Birds. Are you Dos Andres? Eagles Supposedly people are not them. a Del Sandro's guy or Pats. Yeah, he said he likes uh, – yeah, I can't remember what Gino's? he said, but he, he said – Bruno's he liked, or something. Yeah, yeah. Joe's. Joe's. Yeah. Joe's kind of stinks. He said Dallas Andres is okay, so he knows. He understands. But the Philadelphia Eagles fans have to very much appreciate where they're at because people say he can't throw, made some big-time passes. Yeah. A.J. Yeah. Brown opens up the box, though. Look at this run that Jalen had last night where he's, he hovers from the six-yard line. Now, the score of the game, 14-7, second quarter. This is about when people are about to start fall asleep last night because there were two games on it. It was very late. Mm-hmm. Great blocking by Goddard. Gets tackled. Ah-ah! Oh, he said from like the five and everybody started pointing out. This is why you do 600 pound squats. This is why you do this. This is why you get a guy who's an absolute fucking dog. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of people that maybe go down here, especially at the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts says, nah, nah, nah. Just like I was run out of Alabama and people thought I was going to stink. I'm going to hover into the fucking end zone and put this thing in its full two score game. This Eagles team is electrifying. They're fun to watch. Defense got a bunch of swag, and hopefully Sirianni will have more press conferences. And on the flip side, the Vikings might be completely dead. We have no idea what to expect from them going forward, and we should remember that when we're placing bets. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely do think, although Kirk Cousins won on primetime and won a playoff game, can't go be get, go betting on Kirk Cousins in primetime at any other point. The Eagles, it feels like, though, with them having an unbelievable D-line, unbelievable O-line, and Hurts running like that— uh, 
it feels like they're a very complete team too, just like we were talking about with the Bills. Like, sure, you could say, oh, well, Hurts, you know, he just tucks it and runs. He had like 330 passing yards yesterday. Like, they can beat you in multiple different ways. And obviously, you know, maybe the Vikings week one, and that was kind of a fluke, and they aren't that good. But it feels like they're also a good team, and they got the doors blown off them by the Eagles. Yeah, it's fascinating to kind of watch teams settle into what they are. Yeah. You know, like, who's what? We don't know. We have no idea right now. Like the Packers. We'll talk to Aaron, obviously, in like two hours. Are they that second-week team? We'd assume because history states that maybe they'll walk into a season and get their fucking asses beat. Right. And then they'll wake up and kind of do their thing. Looks like a team when Lazard's on the field, much different than whenever he's not on the field. Yeah. Looks like adding Jenkins. Maybe we get Bakhtiari back. Maybe that'll help out the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody is like 100% sure what that team's going to become because Devontae's not there. Who knows what the future's going to look like? Nobody knows what this Vikings team's going to be. How about the Lions? They lose to the Eagles, right? They make it a game late, and everybody judges the Eagles. What if the Lions are a damn team? We have no idea if the Lions or team. A.Q. Shipley is going to be here in a little bit, uh, breaking down some in-the-trenches offensive line play that I think is going to make us better betters because the big boys down underneath see the game from a different space. Cannot wait to hear that. He said, hey, I like that Lions team. Yeah. He said he likes the way the Lions team plays. He said schematically seems like they're potentially a squad. Foxy's clapping and Let's smiling go. back there. I don't know if AQ's just saying that because he's a former player that was a coach in the NFL, so sure. he's just pulling for him. we got to understand that there's biases. Yeah. But there's a lot of teams where I'm not sure we have a clue what to know about them. But in five weeks, it might be like, yeah. This fucking team is different than we've ever seen them before. That is why the NFL season is such a process, and that's why I'm enjoying every fucking game that comes on, even if it's inconvenient to have two games on at the same time on a Monday night. Yeah, for sure. And that's also why, you know, like overreaction Monday and stuff like that is so fun because you really do ride the ebbs and flows so much. Like every game, does, like one week, you know, after that first week, I'm thinking like, Oh, Jesus Christ, the Packers are going to go fucking 7-10 and 10 this year. Like, they're going to suck. And then they come out and they look much better against the Bears. It's like, okay, yeah, they're a playoff team. They're going to win the division still. You have Tampa Bay next week. Like, you could be right back in that. Like, I, I, I don't think we really know anything until, like, week 8 or so. Like, early – like, teams are just figuring out what the hell is going on right there. Like, with the Vikings, do you think part of that is – at least it seems like Justin Jefferson is so good, but it seems like Kirk Cousins kind of just – locks on to Justin Jefferson and like forgets Thielen's out there, forgets some of the, and then just ends up like, Hey, if I don't have guy too, that's what I, I think they need to get him a little bit more involved. Like Justin Jefferson is amazing, but it does seem like Kirk kind of just gets lasered in on him. And you know, that's when he starts forcing more throws or if he's not there, the, the entire play kind of just collapses and they don't have anything else to do. It's interesting to watch. We'll see how teams figure it out. First time head coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So KOC is going to have to figure this out, how to mm-hmm. keep the boys in line. Uh, we'll run through some stats here before we're joined by Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson. The AFC South currently combined 1-5-2 and two record after two weeks. Here we go. Not bad. Juggernaut, bro. Yeah. Everyone's in it still. Listen, the AFC South is a powerhouse, yeah. and it's going to cannibalize itself because of how good it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought the Colts were maybe going to go undefeated after week one because if they didn't lose that game to the Texans, they ain't never going to lose. That's right. Then they got shut up by the Jags, and Frank Reich has said, like, yeah, all's fine. Players <laughs> have said, yeah, it's all, all is fine. And... uh Frank Reichert said he's been very happy with Matt Ryan being a quarterback or whatever. So it seems like they got it all under control with some starters coming back. But from the AFC South, and then you look at the AFC as a whole, it is a glaring 
Oh, yeah. It is a glaring, oh, this potential division stinks here. Terrible. And that, but a lot can change. By the end of the season, we might have True. a very different feeling on it all. Yeah, absolutely. But when you do look at the division, it's like, okay, we might have an NFC East on our hands here in the AFC now. And these four teams might be bad for a long, long time. Whoa! Especially when you're talking about the Colts. Especially when you're talking about the Titans. Because maybe Ryan Tannehill will never recover from that Bengals loss. Because we know he had to work through a lot of it. And thus far, it doesn't seem as though he's gotten over it. And then you look at the Jags and you look at the Texans. I mean, they got young quarterbacks, first-year coaches. Obviously, the Texans are all one and one, but the Jags are one and one. They could be one five and two is so a bad. tough look oh, in the AFC, especially in the AFC. It's going to be very, yeah. very competitive. So yeah. maybe that just means a lot of teams will have losses. So we shouldn't be so down on it. But are are they are they doing Malik Chance in Tennessee? You think? Uh, I think so. I think everyone's fed Pittsburgh. Up with they got Kenny Chance happening. San Fran, there was Jimmy Chance happening. Yep. Uh, obviously, Trey Lance out for the season. Had success with surgery. Congrats to him. Hey, baby Woo. Trey. Another year, hopefully gathering some more NFL knowledge and learning the game uh, through some mental reps. They're chanting. And then in Tennessee, they're maybe chanting Malik Chance. Now, remember, Vrabel has pulled the trigger on a quarterback before in the mm-hmm. past. Mariota was the starter there before Tannehill was. Yeah. Say, get the hell out of here. Mariota wasn't bad. Not great. Wasn't bad. Get the hell out of here. An unproven guy that had come from somewhere else can become our starter. They go on. Boom. Have great success. Will he do that again with Malik? I'm not bringing it up because that's very negative. I assume Vrabel will be patient. Vrabel said after the game, we got to figure out a way to win games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't we all, Vrabel? Yeah. Don't we all. Tom Brady has confirmed that Fitzmagic is not the that motherfucker that he was talking about. That's big news. Congrats to Fitzmagic. Yeah, wow. Big win. Although Thursday Night Football Amazon analyst and pundit Ryan Fitzmagic mm-hmm. thought that he was that motherfucker because there was numerous times when Fitzmagic would be on another team, beat the Patriots, and Tom Brady would show zero respect for the Harvard-bearded man. Tom Brady has come out and said, nah, nah, it ain't you. So yes, yes, it is Derek it's Carr. Derek Carr. Yep. Right. <laughs> okay. Thousand percent. Tom Brady didn't come out and say it was Derek Carr, but now that we know via Dana White and Rob Gronkowski, yeah. an entire deal was made with the Las Vegas Raiders and Tom Brady and John Gruden, who is now suing the NFL uh, in a case that is going to open a lot of eyes, I think, for a lot of people, uh, no longer the head coach. He's the one that said, nah, we're keeping our young quarterback. This is the Derek Carr, John Gruden show. Not going to be the Tom Brady show. Now Tom inevitably goes to Tampa Bay, wins the Super Bowl year one. Gronk goes there. Antonio Brown goes there. All contribute to the success. Could have been the Raiders. But no, uh, Derek Carr remains suspect number one to be that motherfucker that Tom Brady will never forget about, right? No. no, no, Yeah, I'm sure he won't ever forget about. And I'm sure, like, week one, you know, this year, when when Carr throws three picks and and fumbles, Brady's not sitting there just grinning ear to ear, almost gritting his teeth into dust, like, yeah, good. Exactly. You wanted this fucking guy instead of me? I hope, you know, I I would, like... Tom's not the kind of guy who just lets that stuff go go quietly into the night. Like, he will remember that on his deathbed. There's probably some weird tattoo he has that only shows up whenever mm-hmm. you use, like, uh, some black sort light of, light like, or something. Yeah, some app on the phone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck Derek Carr. Yeah, uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, don't ever forget it. Night before he goes to bed, he opens up that flashlight on his phone that goes, fuck it, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know what's going on in my family, but I do know one thing. Fuck, fuck Derek Carr. Derek Carr. <laughs> Back to work. <laughs> he was moving to Vegas, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that offense, too? Giselle was ready. Giselle was ready to go to Vegas. Close We're going to, to Sin City. The whole family's going to mm-hmm. Vegas. People are going to love to come visit. Yeah. Got a deal done. John Gruden goes, nah, Derek, I want Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr. Tommy, you mother... Are you sure, John? So not only does he hate Gruden, he hates Derek Carr. Derek Carr. 
Let's see the emails between John Gruden and Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Those are going to come out potentially in the lawsuit that John Gruden has <laughs> yeah. with the NFL uh, if they go into discovery into everybody's emails, which is potentially on the line because there are 600 to 700,000 emails that are going to go through. That, that lawsuit's going to get loud if it ever happens. Yeah. Uh, another little fact police are investigating Kyler Murray getting smacked in the face. I don't think this is. Yeah. I don't want to be like. This is tough. Old guy at the yard uh, yelling in my front yard. But this is some of the softest shit I've ever seen if this becomes an actual criminal case. Mm -hmm. uh, the video obviously has made its way around the Internet. I believe a person with the last name of Cox was the one that shot it. Yeah, Cam Cox. Uh, Kyler goes to celebrate with the bottle poppers who are Cardinals fans in the Win Suite area, I believe, behind the end zone, mm -hmm. in which it is a nightclub with table service and bottle service, mm -hmm. and they're having a great time. A couple Cardinals fans over there that he's dapping up, and somebody from the second row reaches over and hits him right in his left eye. Mm. Kyler Murray goes, wait a minute. That seemed like there was a little ill intent on that. So he gets back into the face of the old white that appears to be the one that did it with the gray sides, and they have a little shouting match match back and forth, and then I believe Kyler ends up walking away. They just got a huge win that there's no way they thought they were going to win, and maybe some negativity is drawn from this, but if this ends up being a criminal case, I think we will all have lost hope in a lot of things. Now, should that person maybe apologize to Kyler? Sure. Maybe write sure. Kyler a handwritten letter. Absolutely. Maybe walk around town wearing a sign saying, I'm a jackass that went to a football game and thought it was okay to slap a guy in the face. Maybe something like that. But criminal stuff, I don't, I don't think this is... Uh, no, Kyler's tough. I love fucking For Kyler. Sure. Sure. And I like Kyler as a human and as a person. This seems to be a little baby back bitch shit here, don't we think, a little bit? Yeah, I mean, also in like a situation like this where the the... Juices are flowing so much. Like that's that was the last play of the game. The game ended right there. And and again, you're like you, you obviously no fan should ever fucking ever swing on a player or anything ever, like yeah. that. But do you need to press charges? Like the Raiders could just be like, all right, that guy's fucking banned for life. Like that. I think that does the the same thing. This you, this fucking asshole won't be back at games, and you don't have to worry about you know anything else. All right, keep drunk Frank out of the bottle service area. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Obviously, he's popping one too many bottles. They were spraying bottles onto the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at that place. Sweet. So maybe guy was a little bit too intoxicated should definitely not touch a player but the whole police are investigating thing it's like arrest this man we got yeah. other shit to figure out don't we in there a top 10 most wanted list in vegas i'd assume let's go find yeah, those probably we'll not worry about that type of stuff joining us now is a top 10 most wanted running back of all time oh yeah electrifying not only running but catching and whenever he scored he celebrated in beautiful fashion with a little ball roll that will forever be synonymous with not only chargers but the nfl as a whole currently a pundit and analyst for the nfl network hall of famer ladies and gentlemen ladanian tomlinson yeah, how are we, man? How are you doing? How are you guys doing, man? I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. We're obviously big fans of yours. It's great to chat again, boss. Yeah, I'm a big fan of your show, man. Congratulations on that. You're doing some awesome stuff right there. Well, I'll tell you what. Yesterday, we did a full hour and 20 minutes where he couldn't make out a word we're saying. So <laughs> I think we are on the right path, but we're certainly taking steps backwards, uh, which is something you've never done. NFL Network, you love it over there, LT? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a a really good transition for me, Pat. As you know, coming off the field, you know, you're, you're kind of looking for something to, you know, I'm, I was 32 when I retired, man. You know, I had to, I couldn't just sit at home or, or play golf every day, even though I love to play golf, no question about that. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I wanted to continue to be around the game and kind of get out the house a little bit. And so it's been great. I've been doing it 10 years now. Wow, I can't believe that, but it's been great. Hey, happy 10-year anniversary yeah. on TV. Woo. We Thank knew you. that. 
We knew that, obviously. We, <laughs> we sent you a cake. It should be on its way. NFL Network has yeah. brand-new studios. You're very good. Hey, you're very good on TV. I, I think everybody enjoys the hell out of you. It, when you were playing, did you think you were going to get into media, or was it something that just kind of showed up after you retired and everybody was Man, like, hell no, I didn't <laughs> think I was going to get into the media. You know, Pat, I was really one of those guys – that was like, man, I would never get on TV and talk about guys and, you know, all that kind of stuff because I understand it's hard. You know, the game is hard and you're going to make mistakes out there. So I've always approached, you know, my analysis more of constructive criticism. Like if I get on a guy, I'm going to try to also encourage that guy of what he can do better. And, and so I think, you know, that's been kind of my style. Of course, you want to say something sometimes to grab headlines. And heck, I, I, I'm always a straight shooter. You ask me a question, I'm going to give it to you. And so that's that's also kind of my persona and the way I am. Well, we appreciate it. We enjoy it. I'm sure there's some players that hate it. I, I think for us, in the same vein that you're talking about, making it to the NFL is impossible. Okay, it's very difficult to do the amount of you know hard work and. I think sacrifice never gets talked about. Like whenever guys are up at like 5 a.m. in high school running miles and miles doing push-ups as opposed to getting to go out with everybody, like that little sacrifice that's happening throughout their entire high school career never gets talked about because it's kind of just like expected. So I think making it to the NFL, the amount people have had to give up and work and everything is impossible. Winning in the NFL is fucking impossible. But it's hard not to say somebody fucking stinks, doesn't it? I mean, it is hard, LT. (laughs) Isn't it? Sometimes it's hard not to say like, this team fucking stinks. Even though I understand that they're not, it's difficult, LT. Yeah, it is, especially, uh, you know, I think where, where the game has changed so much now. And, you know, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you what perturbs me. Here we I'm, go. I'm just going to give it to you. Good Pat. word. You know, guys today, like running backs, for example, for, for one thing, there are no more, you know, uh, one, one show running backs, guys that did it all, you know, in my day. They're always guys, you know, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, you know, like they probably are guys to be the main guys. They don't need help. But the majority of the NFL now, you know, it's rotating guys. It's guys' specialist position. And and you still have guys that talk on, like one long run, one catch. Come get me. Like, Say it, LT. Dude, Say stay it. in there. And I'm speaking honestly because I play fantasy football now, so I'm going off the rails a little bit. You know, <laughs> Somebody fucked you, huh? Somebody tapped out. Uh-huh. You needed a couple yeah, more points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. yeah. Sounds Sick like, of it. Uh, it it's, it's almost like I think it's diff- more difficult for the running back as well. And tell me if I'm wrong. Some guys, like uh, I was lucky enough to be on a team with Frank Gore, been around a long time, and they were taking his his attempts down to try to preserve him. But he was very much like, no, I need to like – I need to feel like I need to feel the rhythm of the game. I need to feel the rhythm of it. And one of these is going to break. It feels like whenever they have a stable, there's a couple guys that are in every single play. Some guys can't get a groove either. Is that a good read, you think, or a bad read on the current status of how running backs are used in the NFL? No, you're absolutely right. And especially if you are used to being a guy to get most of the carries. Because when you talk about a rhythm and a tempo, you do start to get that throughout a game. And a lot of times, I know for me personally, I would set things up early in the game. Like I would stay in the A-gap. 
staying the A gap. Even though I saw that linebacker hey. starting to run over the top or starting to hit the A gap too fast or just standing there where I can bounce it outside, I'm going to continue to set him up because it's a rhythm, it's a tempo. Then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter, I'm going to make that cut. I'm going to make it because I've, I've set him up the entire game. It's difficult to do that these days because you don't get an opportunity to as a runner. You don't get those chances to carry the football 20 times a game any longer. Do you think that's good or bad for the state of football, and do you think that will ever come back? Now, once again, I'm stating Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel has been very committed to, hey, third down or third quarter, we're down 17, we're still going to run. Like There's still a benefit of our offensive line coming out and hitting. There's still a benefit of the defense having to tackle Derrick Henry. Like We can wear him down. We'll get him at some point. Do you think the game's going to come back around to that, or do you think this position is potentially going to be changed forever as more of uh, one scat back, one is a blocking back, one is a run up the middle back? Do you think that's just how the game's going to go and kind of evolve? I think so. I, no, I mean, you're no. gonna always have. Come on. Yeah, but but listen, Pat, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna always have position dead. <laughs> Position's gonna be you dead. Know? Debo's gonna be. This gonna be. Yeah. No, oh, no. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be dead though, because you're gonna always have special guys that you have to give the ball to. That's gonna always be there. But football is evolving. It's becoming basketball on grass. You know, where you gotta create these mismatches and you gotta, you know, try to get scheme guys open and, and that's what it's becoming. And to be quite honest, it's fun for the fans to watch. Hell you know, yeah. this wide open game, it's fun for the fans. And being a lifetime fan, Pat, as you you probably are, growing up back in the day, seeing the Cowboys play, you know, win those titles in the nineties, being a Texan. But it was four yards in a cloud of dust most of the time. And then Eggman would hit that play action and bang gate to Michael Irvin, right? That's, that was football back then. We're not going to see that anymore. Not like that, that is gone forever. We now have 11 sets personnel. That's four wide receivers, one back shotgun most of the time. Let's do this RPO stuff. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Jerome Bettis was the wheels on the bus went round and round and it was like it was almost marketed like hey we are a ground and pound team we got this big dude who's gonna run you over but he's got quick feet mm -hmm. hey he's got quick feet and then all of a sudden it's either gonna be neil o'donnell or maddox or cordell stewart they're gonna hit for one or two throws and then we're right back to the ground again and i think there's some fans that are still calling for that in everywhere but the rules make it for uh the pass game to just be opened everywhere let's talk about some of the teams Go ahead. No, I was going to say really quickly, the one thing, that, that's the easiest way to win in an, F, in an NFL. So if you're a team now, let's say the Atlanta Falcons, you know, where they're struggling on offense. You know, maybe they're getting ready to go through a transition at the quarterback position. You're going to probably, like, the best way to win games is to condense the game by running the football trying to win time of possession, playing really good defense, because you're not going to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game. That's, you can't do that uh, and the, win. The Cordero Patterson experience, he's, he's supposed to be a running back his whole life, by the way. Remember, he was a wide yeah, receiver. So, in somebody running, screwed that up. Yes. He was a wide receiver in the running back era. Yeah. Now he's a running back in the wide receiver era. <laughs> yeah. And he's fucking unbelievable. He is electrifying to watch. Uh, let's talk about some of these top teams. Last night, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, it was – 
a route. That Titans team, number one in the AFC just a year ago, head uh, coach of the year in Vrabel. They lose Luan. That's obviously a problem. But that Bills team, are they peaking too early? Is that the only negative? They're peaking too early. Is this team stoppable, you think? What do you think about how and why they got to where they're at, LT? Well, I think this Bills team is primed to, to make a deep run and possibly win a championship. Whoa. What does it take to do that? Go. You got to have the experience. You got to get there. You got to be there, make deep runs, lose heartbreaking type of games, be able to come back from there, from that, with the core of your group. And they have a great core. Adding Von Miller to close out these games late in the fourth quarter is only going to help them. You know, and it's going to come down to, as you know, Pat, it's going to, you're going to have to be lucky a little bit toward the end of the season with injuries. And also, we talk about weather. You know, if you're going to come to Buffalo, maybe they do want it to be cold as hell and snowing all, all over the place. You come to Buffalo, you're not, you're going to have to change up your game plan in order to play here. So all those things have to fall their way. But I think there are some super talented teams in the AFC. So I believe whoever comes out of the AFC will probably win the championship because those teams in the AFC are going to beat the hell out of each other this season. You're talking about the AFC South more specifically, right? Yeah, like the Colts and the Texans and the Jags. Well, I'm talking overall AFC. No, yeah, no, you're talking about the AFC South. Yeah, the AFC South is what you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, one, five, and two in two weeks, the AFC South. Everybody else in the AFC is good. AFC South stinks, seems like. (laughs) LT, that's really what it seems like, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, well, I'm concerned about – I am concerned about the Titans. I am. Um, you know, because when I look at playmakers on the outside, they don't have any, man. Yeah. You know, they, they they got the young kid, uh, uh, Burks, I think is, is his name, yeah, yep. from Arkansas. Trailing. Trailing. Tra- yeah. And, you know, I, if you have to rely on the rookie – then you're in trouble. I'm just going to say that. You're in trouble if you got to rely on the rookie at the wide receiver position to be your number one. And I don't see much talent on the team, you know, except for Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is solid. You know, he's a solid quarterback. But can he lift you? Absolutely not. And then here's my issue on defense with Tennessee. Absolutely not. Here's my issue. They give up too many free yards, man. Like, I, I get the zone coverage and all they sit last night. They let Stefan Diggs catch everything underneath, and then they let him get behind him. Like, how does that happen? You give up everything underneath, and then you let a guy run past you and get behind you as well. So I, I think Tennessee is in real trouble. Heck, the Colts might still have your Colts might still have a chance to come back and win that division. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That, all word out of Colts camp. We're good. All fine. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four nothing yeah. on Jacksonville. All good. Well, Don't worry no, about it. We're right. good. We get some. Of our, <laughs> hey, that's what's that's what's being said, LT. It is tough not to get on this microphone and be like, let's not say that, okay? <laughs> Just for the sake of public uh, perspective, let's let's say like, yeah, not good. We lost twenty-four nothing to the Jags, but they're saying it's all good. The AFC South is going to be a dogfight, but the AFC as a whole is so talented. Uh, I like the battle-tested theory you have. Like any team that comes out of the AFC has been through it a lot. Battle tested, ready to go. Let's talk about the NFC. A couple of the top teams before the boys have their questions for you, LT, and we appreciate you joining us. Aaron Rodgers, we talked to him here in a couple hours. From week one to week two, looked drastically different. Was that the addition of Alan Lazard? Was that the addition of uh, Jenkins back on the offensive line? Or do you think sometimes it's just going to take a little bit to figure it out when you lose a guy like Devontae Adams? What, do you, what are your thoughts there? 
Well, I think having Alan Lazard out there helped tremendously. I mean, that's a guy that Aaron Rodgers is familiar with. You know, he has a, a connection with him. And Aaron even, even said himself weeks ago that, you know, this is a guy that I believe in. He's going to be the number one wide receiver. Um, and, you know, he thinks he's going to have a, a terrific year. So I, I think that was part of it. But also getting Jenkins back, you know, you have to continue to protect Aaron Rodgers. So that's always good to, to get those guys in front of you back out there. But at the end of the day, it's still Aaron Rodgers, you know, consistently getting on those young guys, telling them where they need to be, how they need to do things, showing them examples of what he wants from them. And it's going to continue to build. They're going to get better. The great thing is they got two dynamic runners. You know, that's, oh. that's the great thing. And so uh, I think Green Bay, in the end, they'll be there. They'll be right there. 200 combined rushing yards between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones went for like 132 or something like that. And then A.J. goes for another 68. Hit a massive same-game parlay on all of them having success. Mm-hmm. I hope they continue uh, to do that. Last question for me. Tom Brady still got it. Hey, still got it. How? How and why do you think? You retired at 32. I retired at 29. Obviously, I have a friend in Adam Vinatieri. Once he was like 46. He's the most competitive human of all time. I get it. But Tom Brady coming back, still having that fuck you bitch, right? Like still has that. How do you think? Do you think that's just something you're born with and you either got it or you don't? How long do you think he goes for? Well, I think Tom Brady might be the most disciplined athlete of all time. You know, we talk about him being a GOAT. But think about it, Pat, you know this. Think how hard it is to keep that discipline of the off-season work that you have oh, to put yes. into it, to continue to be in shape, your mind to be great. That arm is still strong. He's still throwing the ball freaking great. Yeah. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. So I'll say the off, off-season dedication that he's shown uh, with the, the whole body stuff and being dedicated to his body. And I would like to know, you know, how much freaking money he spends on his body. I mean, that's what I would what I is mean, that? because LeBron does the same thing. Yeah, LeBron's and, at like a million a year. Yeah. LeBron sends a million a year. Is that Russ that spends a million a year? Mm-hmm. Tom's got Alex Guerrero, what? He lives like with him. I yeah. Think. yeah. He actually has, he has yeah, like Alex a- used to be my guy as well in, in San Diego, and I, I knew how much I was paying him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had Alex too? Yeah, because I think people forget that they had um they had like fleets because Vinatieri had some of Guerrero's guy that came out and worked in Indy for a couple of days. You guys had that in San Diego as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah so I actually met Alex Guerrero through Keenan McCardell a long time ago. I had this injury. He, Keenan had worked with him for years. See, Alex started out flying around. He had guys that he saw. Those were his guys. He would fly to different cities after the game and spend a couple of days with guys just working on them. And I had a serious injury one time, and Keenan hooked me up with Alex, and, you know, I pretty much stole him at that at that point for the rest of my career, man. I put him on the payroll. Hey, that's what everybody did. I think that's what everybody did whenever they got a chance to work with this pliability and the, the, muso- the muscle massages. Because mm-hmm. Vinatieri was like, hey, I will pay for your first session. Because I was told the price, yeah. much like you probably were. And I was like, I ain't paying a fucking guy <laughs> that amount of money to come in. Like, I'm, I'm just fine. No, it's going to make you better. And I should have listened to Vinny, obviously. I should have listened. But I, I, the next day after the guy worked on me in my house, I muscles in my body that I didn't know I had were sore. 
Like he, they were rolling it out, working it out. The pliability is a real thing. The avocado ice cream that Tom has kind of brought into it, just going to, he stole it from everybody now. Yeah. So Tom, and there was other, I assume you were even pitching your team like, Hey, we should pay this guy to only work for us. I know in the Colts that was happening. I assume other teams it was happening. And then Tom was able to make it happen with the Patriots. And that's all she wrote, but you're right. The food discipline, the drink discipline, the time management discipline, the mental focus discipline. He, he has to be the most disciplined guy yeah. in the history of sports. And, dude, I'm telling you, I, I mean, at 32, I, I was just about burnt out. I don't know how you felt at 29, but I was just like, I'm freaking tired, dude. Like, off season, like, can I take some more time off? Is it time to go back already? You know, like, how does this dude do this? It's incredible. He loves the game. He loves the game, they say. LT, that's why so many people retire, you know, first day of training camp, first week of training camp. They're like, I enjoyed what I was doing yesterday. Not again. Mm-hmm. Not loving what I'm doing today. Yeah. Get me out of here. But we appreciate everybody. <laughs> hey, 32, you retired young? Still Hall of Fame, bro. Right. Oh, yeah. Don't matter. Appreciate it. Man. Absolute stallion. The boys have some questions for you. Go ahead, Ty. LT, I saw, and I don't know if you still are, but that you were a special assistant to uh, Dean Spanos with the Chargers. As pro- I mean, in my opinion, at least, you're the greatest Charger of all time, bar none. Uh, do you like what you see from the Chargers, especially now that they've moved to L.A.? And uh, is like getting into the front office or coaching something that you'd ever be interested in? Yeah, so that's a great question. I, I still, I, I do still have the title of being Dean Spano's special assistant. Um, and I, I mean, I love what, what the Chargers have done. I mean, Tom Telesco, um, you know, John Spano's, that front office has done an outstanding job of accumulating talent, you know, via uh, draft or offseason, you know, uh, trades. Hey, Khalil Magdan there, money. Casey Jackson. Absolutely. They spent money. And, and, and so here's the thing. When the last time we can say that the Chargers have spent money like that, that should tell you that they believe that this window that they're in with this young quarterback, it is now. They can win now. And, and so I, I absolutely think they can. They proved it to me just the game against Kansas City. Like, they should have won that game. Like, there's no question in my mind if that game is in L.A., the Chargers win that game. And so uh, I do envision possibly one day I would love to be in the front office. I, I don't want to coach. No way. You know, I think that's too much too much time away from the family. You know, it's cool. too hard. I don't want to work that hard. You got to care about so front- much stuff. You got to care about so much stuff, too, that's completely out of your control and your success hinges upon it. It's like I don't know how they sleep right. ever, ever. I don't know how good yeah, they sleep ever. Terrible. Yep. No, but I, I, I would love to uh, one day possibly work in the front office in some capacity. I don't know what that would be, but maybe. Maybe, maybe own a team, LT. Why not just what do you say? Go own a team, LT. You know what I mean? Have Spanos, yeah, you know, say give you a percentage and then work a couple business, buy a little bit more, <laughs> then go somewhere else, just like Tepper did with the Steelers, buy another team. Let's get you into an ownership role because the NFL is a cash wagon. I'd love to see a former player in that seat. I would like to talk to you about the Spanos saying they see this window. Do you think they learned that because of the Phillip Rivers era? Do you think that's it? Do you think they were like, we didn't take advantage of having a guy? We could have invested. We could have want more all in. Do you think they don't want to do that again with Herbert? Or do you think just natural? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think a little bit of, of it plays into it. How can it not? Right. I mean, when you think about 
the, the window that was there for so long with Phillip Rivers. And I, I think there is a sense that maybe we could have did more, you know, to, to help Phillip to probably keep that window open. Uh, and you don't want to make that, that same mistake, obviously. You know, experience is really the best teacher, right? We yeah. know that. And so I think the past experience has really uh, allowed Spano's, Spano's family to say, you know what, we have a window. We understand what we have in Justin Herbert. We're going to go for it. And that's what's happening. I love anytime ownership goes all in, as opposed to the opposite, which does take place. So I assume all Chargers fans are pumped to watch it. I can't wait to see what they do. 30 minutes has already flown by, so I apologize immensely for this. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. You got it, Pat. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Thomas. LT! Football! A lot of that to be chatted about. Hell yeah. Two Monday Night Football games last night. One on ESPN, one on ABC. We just had Ladanian Tomlinson on, Hall of Famer. The Toxic Table is here live in the Thunderdome at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. Boys, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that you guys are using cardboard boxes for your feet down there. Yeah, knees almost dislocated yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it hanging from these bigger chairs. But, you know, we're good. We're rallying. Feels f- fantastic now. You know, no problems whatsoever. I see you. You're using two books underneath the cardboard box to put your feet on top of those. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you feel like you're disrespecting the books? Or do you think you're being powered by those books through your feet right I now? think it kind of reflects my life. <laughs> books holding me up almost. The knowledge in those books have never Served me better now. No, so I think he, yeah, not only are you up on your soapbox, but I think the thing about it is, and this might have been learned in one of those books, I'm not sure, two different size books you got. So you put a mm-hmm. cardboard box on top of two <laughs> different size books. That thing's been slanting the entire time. Yeah. I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. Every time you start talking, I'm like, man, this guy is doing this with this. It's almost like you're uh, wake surfing uh, underneath almost. The, the table right now. Yeah, I'm a good wake surfer. Uh, I had the books on top of the box, but they were the two closest sizes so it, it was either deal with it or that. books on top i think your feet would have slipped which is what i was trying to say i thought they might have slipped and i thought i honestly thought maybe you'd put you know head to toe head to toe that's on those how it started yeah and did not work it fell no. off yeah jeez so what are you it, gonna do these are the things you don't think about whenever you're building a multi-million dollar new set you no know definitely I mean? not and i mean like, like he said not only knees but yesterday my Boy, did my feet fall asleep. It was like I'd been, you know, taking a shit. Yeah, taking a dump for too long. It was like, all right, listen, I can't be feeling like I have diabetes all day, all right? Yours seems to be like a perfect fit there. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. My knees feel great today. My feet feel great today. I I got nothing to complain about. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. I think your left knee is going to go through it here. Yeah, Because it's been riding a lot lower than the other side (laughs) this entire show. The the thighs are really the problem here. I got too big of thighs, so I can't scoot as close. So that way I can't really get my (laughs) legs close enough to the box for it to be comfortable. But, I mean, this is adversity. This is what we go through. This is what we do. This will only make us better in the end. I see you change your headphones as well. Uh, Yes, the headphones (laughs) that were brand new out of the box yesterday have already went out. Uh, staticky actually in the first hour. I was very worried it was going on for everyone, but you know, I looked around a couple times. Just me, just my headphones. For those that are good. wondering, by the way, spend a lot of money on these headphones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They naturally don't work. You think you spend money on something like that'll take care of it. Oh, mm-hmm. it'll work. We won't have to deal about it. We'll do that. Then you remember, like, oh, some things just don't work, actually. That's yeah. Right. So even if you think you have it figured out or somebody else has it figured out, then the shit just doesn't work. It's like, Oh, I thought I, hey, that was, didn't even think about that problem. Nope. No, you're never expecting to get a lemon out of the box, but guess what? It does happen. You order seven or eight boxes. One of the boxes is 
you know, bound to not work. I'm glad it was mine. Uh, you would hope they bat a little higher percentage uh, that For sure. one out of every seven, one out of seven, right? seven yeah. you think. But nonetheless, happy you went back to the old school headphones. Seems like you're much more comfortable with those ones anyways. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Because like you said about the box, I can already feel my left knee kind of you yeah, know, going through it. Yeah, well. So it, it is going to be a uh, little bit of a battle. That's okay. <laughs> I can see it now, so I can maybe adjust a little. Yeah, and see, I'll, bring in, I'll bring in the same, because I got these Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays books at the house, so I'll bring in my copy and then have them just right below perfect. I don't know if you saw my addition to the uh, desk over here. I'm using three of the Aaron Rodgers Tuesday book clubs uh, books from last year to hold up this thing, which is uh, open. Pat McAfee, let's Whoa. ride belt buckle. Oh, Whoa. my God. Whoa. Sorry about it. Is that one of one? Sorry about I think there's five, five of these that one have been sent out there. And uh, I don't know if it's going to auto-focus. Kind of. Yeah, this belt buckle says let's ride on. That thing oh, is hell yeah. sweet. Let me uh, block. There it is. So, Too bad the Broncos might stink. Yeah. No, no, they got to win. It's hard to win in the NFL. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. hard to win in the NFL. they got to win. Uh, Broncos country, let's ride into a successful season with Russell Wilson, who just signed a new $260 million deal, and the richest owner in all of sport. So I think Broncos are happy to be a part of it. But if those games continue to be boring, uh, yeah, no one's watching. It's going to be tough. Are we riding or are we saddling? I mean, what are we? Let's get these games a little bit of ha ha. Yeah. You know, let's get a little ha ha. On that entire horse thing, I think it's a, I think it's the sound yeah, you make yeah. to make them run. I believe is what you do with trained horses. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean you're riding ra- away from the stadium if they continue to do what they do because no one wants to watch that. Everybody's shit. saddling up and fucking taking it due north. Yeah, mm-hmm. different watering hole. Out of here. Mm-hmm. Sick of it. Happy we got that figured out. Hi, yeah. uh, everybody's in the back. at Evan Foxy, I have Evo Lazito, Nick Morado joining us live from an attic in Ohio. A man who's won a college football national champion. Uh, ship a Super Bowl championship, a Ryder Cup championship, and he's beat COVID, uh, I think, four or five times. Yeah. Holy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, father of 10, A.J. Hawk. Yay! Yay! What's up, dude? What's up, guys? You watched uh, both games, I'm sure, obviously. I tried my best to flip back and forth. I did find it to be inconvenient. Then I had a bunch of people tweeting me that I was poor because I didn't have two TVs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, uh, what do you want me to do? I got to do a full Sunday setup for a Monday night. Don't love it, but love that there's games to watch. So I don't want to bitch too much. Could not see the entirety of both games. Once that Bills-Titans game became unattainable, which appeared to be after the first drive for both teams. Yep. Uh, Titans go down score, then they get the ball back. Oh, oh, it kind of gets bad. Uh, Bills don't stop. Yep. They do punt, inevitably. Sam Martin gets his first punt of the NFL season. Boom! Off a guy's shoulder, beat him <laughs> up ball. Bills get 40 yards of field position out of it and the ball back. Of yep. course, that's how their punt team operates. Seems like the Bills can do no wrong so then you go over to the vikings eagles game then the eagles start pulling away it was tough to stay awake for all of it but i tried my best did you watch both games and what's the biggest takeaway for me for me the only question is have the bills peaked too early because these motherfuckers look unbelievable aj well you know how i i have that stupid it means nothing there's no reason for me to have the feeling but when things are going too good i get worried for teams especially when they're going this good this early but hey like the Bills, they're going to look back on this team and what they've done in September, hopefully in December and January, and they're like, man, we're way better than we were back then. How about us just, that's the only takeaway. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's going to be hard to be this good for fucking 15 more weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's literally the only takeaway because, they, oh, look at the news. Hey, look at the new A.J. Hawk. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Big boy. Nice. I did see some people telling me about uh, how big of a sellout I was for building this thing, talking about how we're going to lose the intimacy of the set. I believe we are closer in looking at each other much more now than we were at the last studio. Without a doubt. But the only issue is if we could move that big screen to right here, I'd be able to see everybody in one shot. Half 
have to turn my big dumb head this way to see AJ Hawk on a side screen. Oh, so that's a little bit of a takeaway. Yeah. Sorry. You know? It's still intimate. Once you actually get in here, like, yeah, it is. Like, the, the actual stage itself is smaller than our previous studio was. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I enjoy it. The biggest takeaway that I've had thus far, we've had power. Yep. Okay, we've had power. Uh -huh. Audio, kind of a thing for about, what, 90, 90 minutes or so? Yeah, it kind of comes see, comes mm -hmm. out. Had point. no idea what's happening. <laughs> right. So we didn't, in the moment, we didn't even really know it was taking place. No, I thought everything was going out without a hitch. We yeah. said, holy fuck, what, a, what an hour. We did it. And the ball splashes. That basketball shot's not easy to make. Fucking splash city. This is amazing. We find out that was not the case at all. It was impossible to listen to. Right. We got it figured out. Shout out to Paulie B for splunking through the, hey, Paulie, Paulie through the machine in the back and figuring that whole out. I think we're doing okay, AJ. Honestly, this, today feels a lot better than yesterday. And I'm going to be honest, yesterday, at the end of the day, and even into this morning, wanted to maybe sell this place and never fucking come back in here. <laughs> got past it. We're in well, a good spot now, AJ. Got, got past it. Hopefully some, uh, you know, like 40-year-old billionaire has a, a special hangout he needs in the Indianapolis area if you want to sell that sucker. You're saying it's going to be sitting on the I'm shelf. saying I don't know how many people can afford that amazing, like, that, that complex, like what you would do if you are a grown adult and you have a ton of money, that is what you build right there, what you have. Well, to be clear, the property itself was nowhere near as expensive as I thought it was going to be when I actually looked at the sign that it was for sale and going, oh, there's no way. I, I remember the day you told us that. Hey, I remember you came oh, in here, yeah. okay, bought a church. And then that was, what, two years ago? <laughs> two years Three ago, Three years yeah. ago? Yeah, uh, probably two and a half years ago, yeah. And then the construction's taken 18 months, which I do believe if we would have given everybody four months in uh, giving them 18 months or four months, I think both would have same sufficed. Outcome. I think same. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot about the construction business. Okay. It's a real gem. And I appreciate all the hardworking humans out there, but feels like deadlines, you know, are a thing, but not really. They are a heightened, like, let's get more. The last three months, the growth that this place has seen. Now, a lot of other shit has had to happen, but like two months ago, this place would have thought literally nothing was being done to Damn. it. Some walls were put up a month ago. Then it really started clicking. The last like three weeks, everything started really moving, started getting installed and everything like that. So it has really come together quickly. You probably moved in two weeks too early, AJ. Probably two weeks too, too early. Probably needed probably another two weeks or so to figure it out. But I think in two weeks, probably similar type stuff Perfect. as what we have going on yesterday. So I, I, we're learning a lot as we go. And at the same time, what the fuck do we know next to nothing? Well, and that would have, you know, driven everyone crazy if in two weeks we get in here and we're already, you know, well into the football season and then we have the same things happen yesterday. It's like, yeah. well, why the fuck weren't we in here two weeks ago? Then? Yeah, because this place, we got so excited that we could just say, like, all right, if I make this $500, $500 to somebody that retweets yep. us. One, $500 from me, $500 from AJ Hawk Boom. to somebody that retweets us. Right, AJ? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Got it. Oh, damn. Did that go in? Yeah. You didn't hear it? You didn't yeah. hear the nylon? Right, I'll Venmo. Let me Venmo you. No, Cash App. My uh, bad. It yeah, did not. That one did, though. <clears throat> damn. I hate this place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you do want to sell it, I figure Frank Wright can put on, like, a scriptures and sports at some point up here, and he can stand and do his thing and then teach the kids. All right, let's get into some overreaction because that is kind of an overreaction there, especially in Indianapolis. People are saying, get Frank Reich the fuck out of here, okay? Frank Reich knows that being a head coach is going to come with those types of conversations, especially if you get blanked by the Jacksonville Jaguars 24-zip. He has come out and a couple other players in a press conference saying, we're fine, everything's good. 
we're all good, baby. And I hate hearing that. That's like when Neil Brown, after he lost the pit over a fourth and an inch, they decide to punt, they end up losing, could have gone for it. He's asked if he would do it again. And he says, yep, I'd do the same exact thing. It's like, okay, even if that's how you feel, lie to us to make us think that things are going better. That's how everybody's reacting to Frank Reich in the Indianapolis Colts situation. But if they win, nobody will give a fuck. They know that. They get players back. Let's talk about some overreactions. Are the Titans dead, AJ? What the hell is going on with them? Watch that game last night, and I know we're talking about the Buffalo Bills, and the only question mark is, have they peaked too early? That's literally the only question mark for the Buffalo Bills. Everything else looks fantastic. Poyer's still on to have 17 interceptions this season. Let's keep it going, Jordan. Hey, baby. All right, let's not fuck around and not make the Pro Bowl again. Okay, let's... Let's get 17 picks, pal. You're on track to do so. Anything else will be a massive letdown. But the Titans on the flip side, yeah, Poyer's pick is awesome. Ball's bing, bang, batted around. He comes sliding in like a beauty and has an incredible celebration afterwards. The defense is balling. The offense is balling. Special teams, Tyler Bass is killing balls, and Sam Martin's creating turnovers on his only appearance on the field to punt a football. So it's like this Buffalo Bills team, unbelievable. Is that the conversation, or what are the Titans doing? Vrabel came out and said, we got to learn how to win a game. We got to do this. They were fucking terrible, dude. Like bad, bad football. And I don't know if that's what they look like exactly for the entirety of week one. But I know last night, primetime, they laid an egg. What happens if they're dead? LT said he thinks they're dead, dead. Is that real or not? I mean, the the tough thing for them, too, if they get behind early in games, they rely heavily on the run game with Derrick Henry, who is probably their best player, and they want to feed that guy the ball as much as they possibly can. You can't do that as much when you fall behind early. And, I mean, Tannehill, right now, what are people were calling for Tannehill to get pulled in the first half, I feel like, last night, weren't they? At least Mm -hmm. online, which we know that's not, you know, whatever. Well, Malik did see some action last night, and I think with what he did in the preseason, it's going to get louder (laughs) if this team continues to stink. They lose Luan. Do we know? Do we have an update on Taylor Luan's injury? Uh, Not right now, I don't think so, at least before the show. We do have an update on the Buffalo Bills corner. I guess he has left the hospital on his own. Yeah, walked out. Walked out on his own recognizance or whatever, so that's great news with how nasty that injury looked. Uh, We'll get an update, I hope, on Taylor Luan. At some point, because that's a that's a pivotal piece to the entire thing. I, I think an interesting combo that happened last night, and I think Dan Orlovsky said it best, is uh, looking at the big <laughs> picture. I was watching that live, trying to figure out what happened. Wild. Was I it diarrhea? He, I think he just bobbled his words so much. And he that, didn't. He said, and he, he did, did that. that. Yeah, he got one uh-huh. of those. And it's like, Dan, you're on Monday Night Football, and everybody you gotta knows. You got to say it, though. You're not <laughs> you on. tell people that. That's why I'm like, what? Because it, it was a weird, like, I understand something could have happened where his mic could have cut out or somebody was in his ear, and then the fart sound. I'm like, all right, well, just tell us what that was exactly. Hey, yeah, he could have easily done it. Easy for me to say, right, after the fart sound. Yes. Because yeah. instead it sounded like he sneezed mid-sentence and then shit right into the microphone. I mm-hmm. thought he uh, – Unzipped his pants, put the microphone directly in between his butt cheeks, and let one rip. See, and that's what a lot of people did on the internet. That thing got a lot of views because he obviously has the video next to Laura Rutledge from the booth about uh, some water being in the booth. That's right. And that went viral. Now he makes fart sound with his mouth when he can't get a sentence out. Doesn't tell anybody that was, uh, that was a bobble. Now everybody actually thinks that Dan Orlovsky took his lav mic off the side of his head and put it into his taint and shit on it. Mm -hmm. Nick does not. Just speak for Nick. Nick speaks for the internet last really? night. Yes. Do you think yeah. he has a mic? He's got a mic that he can stick directly in his butt cheeks? Like, we, you know yeah. he's wearing a headset with the mic coming out of here. Well, then people are thinking that he farted directly into a very hard surface. Like, yes. he's sitting on uh, hardwood, mm-hmm. and that thing shot directly into the microphone because that's how clear that fart was. That's When I thought to myself, <laughs> like, oh, he obviously just bobbled a sentence and made the fart sound just like get through it because he's Dan Orlovsky. Certainly should have told. He's a nerd. He's, you know, that's like Dan Orlovsky. Should have told people that's why he didn't move on. 
There wasn't a lot of people that thought that was the case. There's a no. lot of people like, oh, Dan just farted into the microphone. It's like, what That's are the cleanest we? sounding fart on mic ever. All time. All yeah. time. I was reading like, it sounded like a fake fart. It was so good. Yeah, it was a sneeze and a fart, I believe. Also, he sneezed like, first to get him tripped up, I think. Yeah, yeah. To cover it in up. the middle. And he almost had an aneurysm because he covered it in. And then as he went down for the sneeze Ooh. that he was covering, he got closer to his butt. Uh, yeah. And then that's oh, where the fart Never shot mind. Up. That might have happened. You're right. I might have to change my mind. I don't know. That, <laughs> yeah. I think he's only got, what, two more Monday night? Games Why like is that so funny. He could have made an all-time Monday Night Football moment if he would have done that and been like, "Oh, I just pooped my pants." Yeah, well, like, yeah. you think Dan Orlovsky yep. on Monday Night Football is going to say, "Oh, yeah, he's the most self-deprecating exactly. guy." Exactly. He tweeted, "He's the most self self-deprecating guy in the face." Of the Can you imagine how hilarious that would have been if he would have done that and been like, "Oh my god, I just pooped my pants." <laughs> that would have been amazing. What if he cuts a full? Yeah, get it. Self-deprecating. <laughs> the uh, what if he cuts a full promo? You remember what Joe Paterno did on the sideline of Penn State game? You remember what a lot of guys have done in the past i just did that monday night football booth i'm nervous i'm excited to be here all right i'll give yes. it to you lewis where they come to go change my diaper right exactly steve lewis you guys are gonna have to take over for the next 10 minutes i'm gonna need a fresh pair of underwear i just poop my pants so what's bit. what's worse shitting his pants or uh out of the end zone oh gee see we yeah, didn't see even remember clip that one see, yeah. Yeah. yeah come on z, z come you on what's worse? you're right you're right for the good of journalism yes. and he is a journalist because yes. he's on espn he on monday night football he would have to do the same thing. Yeah. I believe that the running out of the back of the end zone is a tough one, especially because that's in his first game. Right. That's his first NFL game, which is a stat that gets forgotten about whenever it gets brought up. People just think that's a part of his career whenever he was with the Lions in that 0-16 career uh, season, which is something that happened. That was in his first year he ran out of the back of the end zone, first time playing Jared Allen. Yeah. And obviously the Cowboy Jared Allen's never going to forget it. So I would say that one's tough because the teammates are laughing at you. Yeah. City, Detroit, already been through enough. They're laughing at you. Sure. And the Vikings are forever going to remember you shitting your pants first time you play them running out of the back of the end zone. Right. A bobbled sentence on Monday Night Football is going to happen. We think you just should have added something, right? Don't you think, AJ? Running think out of the I think yeah. disclaimer. Now with the internet, don't you think it's always, we always mess things up. Like, it's fun to, you got to acknowledge it. Just like, oh, here we go. Like, you're right. Oh, hello, baby shark by me on my Monday night game. I'm real thankful to be here, guys. What if he said, how did that pick it up so clean? Hmm. Yeah, that's what I would have said. Yeah. Man, I think yeah. his mics are amazing. Yeah. Was that you, Lewis? Uh, and that would have been good too. Steve, blame someone else. Yeah, that would have been good. Let me guess, Steve. It was the dog. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> a full one of those. Like, oh, I shouldn't have had those wings at Anchor Bar. Like if you would have said something like that, you know, I mean, I think people because in the grand scheme of things, like we all watch Jason Witten, you know, and again, whatever. Yeah. But it's like it's not like he was up there doing that. What do you mean? You know, he wasn't doing that. So it's just roll with it. Pulled a rabbit out of his foot, dude. Yeah, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Jason Witten, incredible tight end, and that's how we should remember that. Yeah. Right. Good man, too. Walter Payton, man of the year. Absolutely. Sure. He's done a lot more yes. for football than a lot of humans, myself included, but he will never be remembered for that by an entire generation because of what happened in Monday Night Football booth. Not his fault. AJ. Not his fault. No. Not his fault. He should not have been put in there. I am with you, man. You're right. I know Witten, great dude, unbelievable Hall of Fame tight end. That's all I see when I see Witten. Really? You sure? A little piece of you, though? Great little, guy, great father, human. husband, human, yeah. Hey, a little piece of you, though? I saw him. I met him for the first time at a dinner, and it was after. It was in the middle of the Monday Night Football run. Oh, yeah. As soon as I met him, you're crushing it. Yeah. Is that what you said to him? Yeah. What'd you say, Pat? What'd you say? 
I assume I dropped some sort of something. Yeah, and he was at the time, and he's first time in the booth. They put him in fucking Monday Night Football. They drop him in a Ferrari as a fourteen-year-old. What do you, what do you want out I of? I agree. Jason That's an impossible situation. Really, really difficult to be good in that situation. You got to be a phenom on television to drop into Monday Night Football and be good. Like I think honestly, and I think because of how good he was at football, let's bring it all back around. Because of how good he was at football and how good of a human he was, they just assumed, hey, Witten's going to be able to do this, no problem. Yeah. Turns out. If he got a, maybe a year of practice at somewhere else. He Did he have to screen test or anything, though? They always they usually no, make people screen mean, test and do practice games or whatever. No, no we're, not sure. Sure. we're not sure. Yeah, we're not sure. We're I not. think they were probably thinking, hey, we put him in with a consummate pros pro and Joe Tess. It's going to be just fine. He's never done Three man booth game. was tough, though. Yes. It made it impossible. <laughs> he had never done an NFL game before either. He, but. And then we'll put a cart on the sideline. Yep. I mean, Bogue in there. Bogue, yeah. I mean, Witten had no shot. AJ. Let's How do you ever know who do, who's talking and when to talk, too? Like, and Witten's thrown in there day one. And he starts to say something, then Boog jumps in. Like, that'd be a tough situation. So we would like everybody to not remember Jason Witten at all for what he did in Monday Night Football because he had no opportunity, no chance. No chance. Okay. Did he, he did collect the paycheck, though. He did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really did try to reinvent the wheel without telling him. It's like, hey, we're gonna, this is going to be the best fucking thing ever. You're going to be just fine. Don't worry how it's going to happen. It will happen. You just be you in the booth. You just focus on calling a game. You're, you're yeah. really good at the game. You can see things. You're a tight end position. It's a growing position. It's a very important position. You're a good guy. Walter Payton, man of the year, absolute stud. They drop him in there. And to your point, you're saying, Everybody is being judged against that pretty much. Yeah. Still some guys that break through. Yeah. Still some guys that break through. And uh, I have to listen to a couple regional games, you know, get a chance to watch them all. Right. And you turn on like a local CBS game somewhere, and it's like, all right, who and how did we think this was okay? You know, for the NFL, biggest league on earth. Have you seen the numbers that have come out? I saw some of them, yeah. It looks like uh, Rog Goodell is feeling pretty good about his product. Out yeah, there. Roger Goodell is fucking pumped about what he's got going on, and he can do no wrong, I assume, in the network size. $20 million on NBC for Sunday Night Football. The afternoon slate for CBS combined $27.3 million. I believe that's the uh, Bengals-Cowboys, Broncos-Texans, Raiders-Cardinals mm-hmm. time slot at 405-425. That entire thing got $27.3 million. If we're reading the stats right, that's the biggest of the day and obviously the biggest of whatever uh for that particular time in tv history since the last time the nfl did it or whatever i mean the nfl is continuing to absolutely slaughter the ratings and i don't think it's going to change and we're talking a little bit earlier we had a call with FanDuel, you know to celebrate that we hit the super boost and kind of rub it in their face you know because they've been batting a thousand they've been batting a thousand with everybody FanDuel. they're good at what they do sports books have been winning a yeah, lot. And it's time. because this football season has been electrifying. I mean, it has, you know, this has probably been the most hyped football season, both college and NFL, and it's lived up to the hype. There's been some snoozers. The Broncos-Texans game, meh. Last night's two games, meh, kind of boring. But there's been thrilling matchups. There's been thrilling games, and there's been storylines already budding from teams that we didn't even know about. I mean, it has been a fantastic start to football. Football is the fucking best sport on earth. It is the most glorious sport on earth and i think we're only just now tapping into what makes it fantastic and it's going to continue to grow i fucking love it i love football aj like i am so happy not? we're in the middle of this how season. could you not if you sit there and watch it how like the games that like all the craziness that has happened i mean that, those numbers for week two of the regular season is is asinine to think about that like the amount of eyeballs that will tune in to watch an nfl football game it's awesome. That's why I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm a much bigger fan now than when I was playing football. I think I love to watch and figure things out. But has Amazon come back with any numbers? I know they said they had the highest subscribers 
from that night, but what what else? So Jay Marine, a man I never met, was in negotiations with him for like six, seven months. He's the head of sports. Probably should have talked to him at least one time. He has <laughs> kind of put the whole thing together. He announced to all of his Amazon employees that Thursday night's game between the Chargers and Chiefs uh, delivered the most sign-ups in the history of Amazon. And I believe that's how they're going to judge success. They're not judging success on the ratings because the ratings are something, but whenever you're a destination viewing place like YouTube, like Amazon, where people have to come seek you out and find you as opposed to just popping up on your television. I don't know if you're necessarily judging your numbers versus other numbers because the numbers of people that are seeking you are active numbers, right? Because they had to do so to get there. So they're the people that are buying. They're the people that are moving. They're the people that are seeking you out. They're much more valuable uh, valuable customer than somebody that just turns on a TV and has no relationship with anybody. So I think how Amazon was going to judge this relationship was strictly upon signups and how many more people they get on the Prime video before and after the game. And I think what Jay Marine said to everybody is, I don't know what everybody's thoughts are in this company about the NFL. I'm not sure if everybody's a fan of the sport or not. But as a company, what we need to understand is these motherfuckers brought more signups than anybody in the history, which is exactly what the NFL told Amazon was going to happen when they were negotiating the deal, getting a billion dollars from them a year for just one game exclusivity. It is... The NFL is king everywhere, and now you got Apple probably seeing this. Oh, yeah. Netflix, why wouldn't Netflix potentially get into the live sport? You got all of these people seeing that, and uh, the NFL is just sitting at the top of the mountain like the hungry, hungry hippos, just gobbling, mm-hmm. gobbling everything. AJ, honestly, yeah. Well, their their goal, right, is to have everyone be a Prime customer. Like everyone in the world is signed up for Amazon Prime. Like that's what they want. I feel like, and then they want to be able to run and automate your whole life. So who knows what that gets into, but. Yeah. yeah. People love football. People love Amazon. What day do you think the NFL is competing with with Amazon? Someday in the middle of COVID when people found out that you could Amazon everything and they were sitting at home, there was probably one day, like a prime day probably happened yeah, sure. during COVID. That was mm-hmm. probably the most signups they had, you would think? Or yeah, probably. Or maybe like around like Black Friday yeah. or or something like that because they have all the, the crazy deals and you don't have to go fucking, you know, get your teeth knocked out by some <laughs> hillbilly. That is what it was. Buy. It was like prime day, Cyber Monday, like all those days. Yeah, that was the that was the that former was the best yeah. one. Yeah, Jay Marine's like, hey, sales team, hey, marketing team, uh, we appreciate all of your incredibly hard work. Prime Day is innovative; it's amazing, and we see millions and millions and millions in profit every single one. Genius. Our first ever voyage with the NFL fucking beat all of you. Mm-hmm. So let's get a little bit better. Yeah, uh, let's, yeah. Drawing board, let's, huh? yeah, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's get a little bit up. better. Amazon's gonna own everything. You think at the end? Amazon, Apple. You I mean, I don't, I don't know if you can, if they're going to break them up someday for being a monopoly, but it seems like, yeah, they want to run everything. The monopoly. They story. can try. The monopoly story is interesting, too, because are you going to go after venture capitalist firms that have their money and everything and they own, you know, like that is. Everyone's trying to, everyone's trying to automate our whole life. Like you want, if, yeah, it's just how it works right now. They want to make it as easy as possible to, hey, boom, here we go. That's on my doorstep now. I was talking to an orthodontist or a chiropractor. I forget who I was talking to. I forget what his profession was. Probably both. Venture capitalists, they came in and bought his company up. Like, they're just trying to own everything. (laughs) Like, these these VC companies, firms that have all all the money. Mm -hmm. They they have all the people that you think are rich, 
all of their money are combined together into these firms, into massive pots. They don't get taxed. They're in there. You're able to kind of invest in things with it. It's a great way to kind of hide money and invest money and get richer for the uber wealthy people. This is happening everywhere. This is why whenever people get upset about the Saudi fund that is being invested into everything, it's kind of a hypocritical thing because big money from people that might not be perfect humans have been coming together to buy shit and pay people for a long time but they're trying to buy up everything and it's like that's what amazon's doing as well like it's going to come a time where everything is kind of bundled up i think and amazon's on the forefront of that because they can sell everything to your fucking house immediately and now they got the nfl package it's just it's good business it's great business i don't know how you stop any of these people well, you can't I think they talked about it like a couple of years ago like you know they were saying like the big box stores like eventually those will just die it's getting to the point now where like if you go into any of those places like they don't have inventory anymore. Like, it, it is easier just to, like, you know, they're trying for whatever reason to like, oh, you know, we don't have it in store, but you can order it online. It's like, or I could just cut out the middleman, never come here again, and just get it on Amazon, and it'll be at my house tomorrow. Um, let's chit-chat here about some breaking news. Is this real? The Pro Football Hall of Fame news, we are happy to announce the 129 modern era nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2023, okay? Punters, kickers, and special teams have been added. Shane Leckler, Gary Anderson, Ryan Longwell, Jason Elam, Pat McAfee, Jeff Eagles, Matt Turk, Jason Hansen, Josh Cribbs. Thank you. I did not deserve that. How about it? I did not How do we vote for you? I did not play long enough to deserve that. Whoa, man. That is. Length doesn't Hell matter. How does that even happen? How do you get. Can we vote for you? Don't. Vote for Shane Leckler. This is one of those things. Vote for Shane Leckler to go in. This is wild to be on this fucking graphic. Though. I don't think we get a vote, though, do we? No, it's those people like. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Arkush. Yeah. Man. That's wild. Congratulations. Yeah, let's go. That's pretty fucking <laughs> sweet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a graphic, man. I mean, this is <laughs> Bam. Holy fuck. Don't vote me in. But this is cool to even be acknowledged. Did not play long enough. Uh, did not have a big enough contribution to the game. But I am lucky to cover the game every single day since then. And if any of these people go in that are representing special teams, I will be fucking pumped about this. But this is something I could have never expected. Just saw it on a text here in the group text as Zito goes, uh, pretty large surprise in the text message. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that is worthy of it. I hope Shane goes in. I hope all the boys go in. What a joke, dude. What an That's absolute awesome. joke. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, hey, that's pretty kickoffs. cool. Huh? Yeah, what, what do you mean? Of course. Josh Cribbs in there too with you? I like this, that. It's like an interesting thing now. Because I've judged this type of situation and others in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, did he actually? Or is it because he's a popular person in the thing? Whatever the case, it's cool to be on this side yeah. of it all. You know people what I mean? already hate the Hall of Fame anyways. I mean, you heard what Deion Sanders said. Like, hey, half the guys that are already in the Hall or just got voted in don't deserve to be there. So, of course, why not? You should be in. I mean, they had to change the kickoff rules because, uh, you know, the kick to yourself. There's a lot of different contributions, I think, you made that you're not giving yourself as much credit for. No, no, no. Let's not even dive into that. But it is fucking awesome and insane. And uh, I don't I don't fully know how to take it all. You don't have to say it, but I'll, I mean, like. You, Thank you, though. You definitely yeah. should vote. Yeah. Like, if you get into the Hall of Fame, that'd be pretty fucking <laughs> sweet. Are yeah. you kidding me? Ah, oh, that'd be insane. That's crazy. Get Leckler in there for sure. 
Um, and you. Let's, let's get to a two break. Putters. That is wild, dude. That was two punters cool. in the same year. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Awesome. We'd pack out Canton. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's be bumping. How about me just realizing, too, my insurance is probably up because that means five years, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, I'm going to have to figure that out. That's what I just <laughs> – I feel like I'm getting old now. Five years out. Jeez wow. Louise. Thank you to whoever put that graphic together and that list together. Uh, I obviously do not believe I deserve it, but somebody did and put me on there. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's fucking cool. That's awesome. Probably won't happen. Shouldn't happen. But the fact that the conversation even took place, I appreciate it. What we were about to do is an unprecedented conversation in the sports media world that we've been lucky to do the last two seasons. Ladies and gentlemen, fresh off of a win in which he looked damn near perfect, back-to-back MVP winner of the National Football League, host of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, which is currently in its third season, ladies and gentlemen, ayahuasca guy, Aaron Rodgers. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, we're great, man. New location. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm happy Looking we're good. I'm happy we're able to connect with you today, to be honest with you. Could you imagine we get in this place oh, and God, not God. able to connect to anybody? It would have been a heartbreaker, but we need to get you out here. We're um we're going through it a little bit. There's some technical difficulties happening every single moment, but we appreciate you, bud. Thanks for the love. So, kind of like the AJ Hawk household. Yeah, bingo. Every, he's he's rebuilding a house. He rebuilds his house every two weeks. I have no idea how he does it. These constructions and contractor. AJ, I have no idea how you do this every other month with your wife in the business that she does. Honestly, I have no idea. Well, it's all right. You'll, you'll get through it. You'll be okay. No, I think Don't we worry. need a pistol or a chopper to come out here and handle this whole business. They yeah. were too busy in Ohio. Couldn't come to Indiana. Next time, we will learn from that. Aaron, let's talk about week two here. Uh, last week, you didn't seem to have any panic. Obviously, you're always very relaxed and comfortable. Feels like Packers came out with a little bit more energy here against this game. Is that because it's the Bears? Is that because of what happened week one? What do you attribute to, and uh, did you feel it? Well, it's all that. I mean, I think... First week to have major overreactions and write teams off completely is always a mistake, and it keeps happening every single year in our business. Mm-hmm. To do it after two weeks, I would say, is the same the same thing. To crown somebody early in the season, uh, there's so much that can happen. There's so many different momentum swings and confidence roller coaster that teams go on and injuries that can happen. And uh, For us, you know, we're fortunate. We played in a tough environment on the road. We came home to our crowd, incredible environment against our longtime rivals who are riding high off a big win in week one, and we took care of business. Hey, other than coming home playing at Lambeau with that amazing atmosphere, which the floor was doing his part and pumping the crowd. I, I could see him many different times on the TV copy. Like, what else was different from week one to week two? Could you, could you feel it early on in the game? Like, all right, this is, this is much better than I felt last week. I don't know if it's, if it's that. You know, they went down uh, – we, we got the ball, we went down and got three, then they came right back down and got seven and seven three. Um, and thinking, gosh dang it, what, what's going, you know, we gotta, we gotta get this thing rolling, you know, we gotta take this down now and score. And we put together another nice drive and took the lead back and didn't, didn't give it up from that point forward. But I just feel like we all kind of just settled in. The crowd definitely helped, the environment helped. Sunday Night Football has always been a favorite of mine. I was just watching a clip back uh, during the break here with Al Michaels and I uh, love Al so much, but just, and he's not with Sunday Night Football anymore. Mike Drico's on there, does a fantastic job, but 
I've always really enjoyed those. We've won like 13 straight primetime games. No uh, I saw you know Tom Fanning sent me a stat there. So it just kind of lined up for us. Again, it's you know there's some similarities to last year. Hopefully, you know a lot of similarities. I said it. You know I think last week. You know we get blown out in week one. Play a division opponent week two. Go on the road week three against an opponent that is going to be favored, uh, and we're not expected to win. Um, and we need a Herculean effort to go down there and get and get the dub. But it feels good to be one and one. Um, the entire division is one and one now after Philadelphia beat Minnesota last night. Um, and so it's you know it's we're two weeks in. We can't overreact, but it definitely feels. Nice to get that first win. Oh, we overreact literally every single day. Titans are dead. I don't know if you know that. I mean, Titans are absolutely (laughs) dead. They got no shot the rest (laughs) of the year. And the Bills. Is Mike Mike Vrabel not coaching anymore? See, that's I bet on that last night. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The only thing you can say about Derrick Henry. Yeah, they still still there. Yeah, they still got him. Yeah. Okay. Brian Tannehill still throwing those strike routes. Yeah, they're gonna be just fine. Chill out. Uh, There wasn't a lot of those last night. I don't believe, but I mean, there he still got it in him. Uh, Well, Buffalo. Hey. That's that's pretty damn good team. Do do you watch? Do you watch these games? And do you think I I watched a little bit of that one? I I really like Josh Allen. Uh, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the years. And I really like him as a person. So if somebody that I really, really like is on TV, I'll probably check him out. And so I checked that game out. Who else do you really, really like that you watch? There you go. Well, I'm just – I'm not going to give away too much of that information. But oh, right. if it's If it's, you know, applicable to the conversation age, then I'll add to it. I know you're trying to set me up again here <laughs> with some ridiculous interjection. But I do like Josh Allen a lot. And if he's on, I usually like watching him. I like Matt Stafford a lot. If he's on, I'll watch him, and I'll just stop right there. Well, you left a couple names off the list, so you don't like – uh, that's what AJ wanted to get it to, mm-hmm. right? AJ, that's what you that's wanted. What he wants. That's, that's what he wants. That's exactly. I what I just like to know what games he's watching. Yeah, I do enjoy that. The I don't watch a lot of games. I don't watch a lot of games. But if somebody's playing that I enjoy watching or that I'm good friends with, then I'll probably check it out. So, what do you think? Whenever you see the Bills that are just humming, now your team looked much better this week too than he did week one, and I think that guy that's on your shirt, uh, shirt, Aaron Jones, was a big part of that. Obviously, a focal point. But when you watch teams like the Bills. We need a sombrero on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a seller. And also maybe the gla- sunglasses, too. Those are so sweet at night on yeah. the sideline. It's like his thing. Yeah. It's like his thing. He puts on the Oakleys and the sombrero. It's like, mm-hmm. that's a great marketing. Great fucking player. He was on our, um, I mean, we you, I don't know if you saw it or not. He was on our super boost because you and LaFleur were like, need to get Aaron Jones involved more. That was obviously a topic of conversation you all had. And what do you think happened week one on why you didn't get involved? Or in week two, was that more so what you expect for the rest of the season? And obviously the convo with Aaron Jones, how'd that go? No, it changes every week. It really does. I mean, the, the goal is to get 33 and 20 at the ball. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to get him a number of touches, you know, in the 15 range, at least for each of them. But it just depends on how the game goes. Some games flow differently than others. And week one, uh, the way it went and the score and the inability to, uh, you know, to be efficient and to keep drives going. We didn't have opportunities to get those guys runs. But I felt like, you know, we were uh, five for nine, I believe, on third down. So that gives you more opportunities. The fact that we only had nine third downs in the entire game with, I think, 69 plays. Nice uh, for the game. But uh, but that gives you more opportunities to run the football. I mean, I think week one we were, I don't know, one or two conversions on third down the entire game. So, it's just it, it depends, and you know there's big deals made about it. 
oh, you know, there's a conscious effort to get the ball to these guys. No, every game there's a conscious effort to get the ball to your best players. Okay. But the flows of different games don't allow it sometimes or allow, you know, maybe even more in, in, in other games. Huh. Aaron, hey, the broadcasters say that uh, – they, they say in the broadcast that you're given two plays every time they, they call something in, a run play and a pass play, and you get to make the decision. It's a serious question. Stop laughing. And you make that decision. Is that something that's always been the case, and is that 100% true? That is not true. No, it's not 100% <laughs> well, that's, true. Oh, they're not lying okay. on TV, Tommy. Then how often does that happen where you have two plays and you make the call? I would say, I don't know, in the 40 to 50% on the top end, max probably. Flow of the game. Then no. there's 100% of the time I can change it to whatever I want. Now, 60% of the time that I do change it to what I want, it works every time. So i got to be very careful about what that 60% is compared to that 40% of the run-pass options. Yeah, because if you start making decisions and it doesn't go well, well, then those decisions are going to get called into a question. But if they go well... Then there's no audibles in this offense, and then there's, you know, all, you know... The lack of competitiveness and the diva attitude and all that stuff starts to come out. <laughs> and then what do you do? <laughs> then what do you do? Uh, that's awesome. I'm happy. Was it always like that with LaFleur? And do you feel like this year you're another year in the system, but you're without Devontae? Is this the most comfortable you two have felt together? Well, I think every year has been more comfortable for sure with Matt. Um, look, our relationship is personified by – funny, you know, asides and anecdotes, you know, I get back in, in August and he shows me like, Hey, look at this book I'm reading about spirituality. Look at you, bro. He That's be, incredible. He wants to be friends. You yeah. Know? He wants me no, to be in a circle. But, That's what he wants. but as little things like that and as jokes, you know, it's me kind of like every now and then kind of needle, needle, needle yeah. and him kind of going right to the edge and losing his shit. And then he realizes, Oh, He's you. messing with me, and then he catches himself, and then I'm like, "Nice, man, good job, buddy." That's kind of the relationship how it goes. There's a lot of a lot of fun little moments like that, um, but you know, in the game, I don't know what happened, but the first quarter, his his uh, his headset wasn't working, so it was sounding like when you're trying to get off a phone call and you act like you're going through a tunnel. I, the, the oh, this the, show I, yesterday. <laughs> but you know, it was one of those, and. You know, there's been times over the years where I've messed with him, where I act like I can't hear what he's saying, you know, I don't know what's going on, you know, and, and he starts to kind of, you know, get get the blood boiling a little bit. This was, you know, there was it was kind of going in and out, um, so we had some funny, uh, you know, there was some near freakouts going on, but Matt kept it together. I give him credit. You know, Matt, last year, the year before, first year, definitely, definitely would have you know, been way more demonstrative on the sidelines. This time he just called a timeout. We came over, had a couple <laughs>, laughs about it, and moved on. Congrats, Coach. Yeah, here we Congrats, go. Congrats, Coach. Hey, you know, that's what it, life's all about, right? It's about just growth and reflection and great eyebrows. You are the universe, Coach LaFleur. Don't ever fucking forget it, pal. All right? Don't ever forget it. You are the universe. Uh, I love the way he said uh, – 
This time, just called a timeout, figured it out, moved on. You know, go. that's hilarious to think about that relationship between the two of you because you've said he's a little bit tighter well, wired. You know, it's never going to work out in the first place, right? Obviously. You well, know. you hated him because you didn't get to pick him. The yeah, asshole, remember? prima donna, Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. won't give this guy a chance. Don't be the problem was what was said, and you're going to be the problem. And now you two are the bestest <laughs> of friends. It's an amazing thing. It is. It's a cool thing. It's funny, you know, with a couple bottles of nice wine and you know, a couple couple stogies and a couple good book recommendations can do for a relationship. Huh? Oh yeah. You do ayahuasca genetics? Yeah, there we go. Thank you, AJ. Sorry. We're both journalists. Is that the stuff that Frank Thomas is, is peddling? Big herd. <laughs> new genics. That's, big well, that's new genics. New genics. New yeah. genics. That's mm-hmm. new genics. That's I don't know. What did he say? I thought he said new genics. What did he say? No, I said ayahuasca. We said ayahuasca. He said hallucinogens. No, AJ said something ridiculous, I think. Hallucinogens. That's all I said. Hallu- oh, you did say hallucinogens. I thought you said new genics. Um, <laughs> are you on new genics? You are looking a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Franklin's good. He does. How about in that commercial? He's fucking, what, 6X every other person that's mm-hmm. in that commercial. And then he was on Fox Baseball. Yeah. And he, he Sicilianoed everybody yeah, else in that whole thing. Passing and encouraging. And Nugenics is the thing. Uh, you do ayahuasca with the floor or no? Uh, I would, but I have not. You loved Lazard doing that? How come you had a different reaction to the ayahuasca than everybody else that took it out of the NFL football there from? Uh, I will say, you know, there's, I don't want to send the wrong message. You know, this, that's not what happens. You don't, you're not standing up, you know, drinking ayahuasca and then have this, you know, Jesus revival, you know, slain in the spirit thing that happens to you. It's, uh, it's, it's it's not like that. There's, you, there's, you, you uh, did this. You did that. That's that's what you did. You did ha ha ha. Did you did it take you back? Did you feel it whenever the the NFL football kind of dumped out a little ayahuasca right into that fake cup there, and then you drink it, and then you ha ha ha. Did the point guard find you again once the time in the end zone there, Aaron Rodgers? Well, that was a celebration that Alan and I talked about a couple of years ago. Uh, that was just really him and I, you know, because. Bobby and I had a little thing, and you know, and him and I had our own thing, and then Bobby and Alan had their own thing, right? And then on Friday, Alan kind of spread that to the rest of the guys, so I was aware they were doing something, and I just wanted to get over there and get involved. And then when I realized he was doing the tea thing, then I remembered what our celebration between him and I was. And again, you know, I'm not sending the wrong message. Uh, there's no, there's that's not. What happens in ayahuasca? You don't have some sort of like immediate pass out, faint into oblivion. You yeah. you, uh, you know, after a while, <laughs> you, know, you have some uh, some incredible uh, experiences. This is you just sending yourself through the dimension. I can't wait. From yeah. the stories I've heard and the way you reacted on Sunday Night Football and what it feels like, I can't wait for that to radiate through my <laughs> entire... <laughs> I can't wait to feel it, Aaron. Uh, let's talk about Lazard being back, though. Obviously, great connection there. He's out week one. What's the comfort level going into week two? Does that change anything for you as an overall player? Jenkins back. Is there like more comfort, or is that all fodder for pundits to talk about from the outside looking in? Uh, there's definitely some more comfort with 13 and 74 back out there. Uh, just understanding body movements uh, and, and the way that uh, that Alan runs his routes. Alan shows up way more than just in the the measurable stat sheet, though. But I think that's one point to always remember about him. He's very valuable uh, in a bunch of different ways. He's such a smart, smart player. I mean, he is brilliant, smart player, and an excellent blocker. 
And I would say that about Sammy and, and Randall as well. You know, those guys really, really block well. If you watch some of the plays that Jonesy and Dylan had in the game, you know, there's some big-time blocks by all those guys. And then even on the screen on second and 28 to Romeo, uh, Allen and Randall out there, big-time blocks. Josh Nishman was down there with the block. And we're really, you know, one, you know, one block away from a second and 28, you know, 50-yard touchdown on a screen pass. Uh, because of the effort of those guys. So it, it's more than just that, and uh, and I'm excited about getting Allen back. The conversations we had on the sidelines were, were pretty top level, and, and we had some things we were trying to get to later in the game. It just, uh, you know, we had a couple bonehead plays that kept us out of some more opportunities in the red zone and the field. But great having Allen back. And, and like I said after the game about, about, uh, about Big Sexy uh, Elton, um, the fact that he was out there, I can't tell you how proud I am, the extent of how proud I am of of Elton. Just he'd been out for months and months, ACL rehab, and it's tough to get back out there and play after you've had a significant injury. You know, you got to get the confidence back and make a play. And and for alignment, you you're contact every single play. You're anchoring. You're setting. You're moving your feet. And Elton's played left tackle for us, left guard, center, and right tackle for us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm so proud of him. You know, he had a couple plays. I'm sure he wanted back, but the fact that he was out there, that's what success is, and that's what being a warrior is. And I here said we go. Him, I need I need the warriors to show up. You know, to to prepare your mind and ready your hands for battle. And and I'm really proud of Elton for the way that he stepped up. Big sexy. Steady the mind, prepare the hands for battle. Let's yeah. go, Packers. Whole new team. Excited to see Bach get back. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. But you're right with that injury. The getting over the mental hurdle after an injury is a real thing, especially when it's significant and in a position that you have to pivot on all the time. Big sexy's a fucking dog, it sounds like. AJ, your question, pal. I want to know how your how your body's feeling, Aaron. Like, how's your your body? You uh, you got smashed a few times, obviously in the Vikings game. We know. Uh, Nate Weir was rubbing your neck on the sidelines and not only did you get hit a few times this last game on Monday night but you also used your legs a little bit you were fine I think you might have got up to your top speed a few times like how do you feel <laughs> yeah, I haven't checked the GPS yet to see how fast I got going but what's prediction hey the- what's what's uh, what's potential there you think miles per hour I think 20 21 probably Ooh! here we go wow oh! 24 yeah yeah 20 yeah maybe more who knows Look like fast forward. I said, slow it down, slow it down. Yeah, look, you know, I had a read option there. I had, I think, a maybe six or seven yard gain as well. So that's a plus, man. Five carries for ten yards, a little, lo- little lower than my average. You know, obviously, I didn't have a knee in there, which totally kills your, oh. you know, your YPC. But uh, but look, you know, the older you get, the more difficult it is. I think on Mondays and Tuesdays, but maybe the easier it is to get through a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday if you're a little banged up because you're maybe just a little bit more used to what that level of 100% or your, or your 100% during the season looks and feels like. So uh, neck is definitely a little bit sore. Body overall some soreness, but but I feel pretty good two weeks in. The thing I do feel good about is I ran to the sidelines that one time for like seven yards, big gainer, um, win the down, and wasn't that tired. A lot of times, you know, I sprint because not just seven yards. You got to get the Pythagorean theorem, man. You got to get certain, you know, distances. You want to run just to get out of bounds, right? Of course. Uh, 
sometimes I come back to the huddle and I'm like, you know, maybe breathing a little heavy uh, every now and then. I know it's a seven yard, so that's you know, I'm not I'm not looking for any major accolades here, but but as far as where my wind is at, not playing the preseason. Uh, I do feel like I'm in, uh, in good shape. Seven-yard scamper to the sideline from the middle of the field. You start doing the math. The field is, what, 52 and a third yards wide. If you're in the middle of that thing, Three and 53 and a third yards wide, so that's 26.75.66 wow. uh, yards to the middle of the field. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. You do the seven-yard scamper. You start doing the math. You see, this guy ran 200 yards, gained seven. That's a fucking... Hey, and you're not tired? Winning football. That's what we need, dude. That's a back-to-back MVP. Mm-hmm. That's I'm back. Yeah, all I'm the way back. back. Younger than ever. Re-bo- re- you know what I mean? You know what yeah, I mean? it might have been that celebration that kind of got me rejuvenated. You know, the medicine just started spinning up inside me again. Yeah, the brain started remembering being down the middle of that jungle and just, whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck is going on here? Uh, it's awesome, dude. You like you, you can do it again. You think the rest of your life you'll do ayahuasca? Uh, if if I'm called, yeah. But I. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't whoa, think whoa, that whoa, was. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think that was the, that was the last time. What is that? Hold on, just real quick. Uh, so I had a friend named Austin Colley. He was a Mormon fella. All right. Mm-hmm. And when Mitt Romney was running for president, Austin Colley and I. Uh, had conversations about what the person who's maybe going to be president believes in because I'd never met a Mormon person before. So we broke down the entire thing during a 30 minute. I hadn't. I maybe I had. Didn't know. Didn't sure. know. Broke down during a 30 minute cardio thing. Broke it all down. He talked about the mission he went on in the middle of college. He broke like the freshman record, wide receiver record at BYU. And then he was called to go on a mission from God for two years to Nicaragua where he wasn't allowed to use any technology. He had a row. He's working out on the streets down there. Is that what you're like getting called? Is that, the, that was literally how he used it. Is that what you feel like happens down there? And are you going to get called forever, you think, because of how good you're doing for that entire plant, God, and tea that they got cooking down there? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I really enjoy the LDS reference. Thank you. Bring it into it. Uh, thank you for that. But no it's the same idea. It's just more of an intuitive feeling that it's time to sit with the medicine again. And I think once you've sat with the medicine one time, you kind of know what that uh, that feeling is, that it's time to for more lessons to be learned. And some people sit once and never feel called again. And some people sit 100 straight days and and then still feel called, you know, uh, years and years down the road to keep on doing it. Uh, I had such a beautiful experience this last time that I'm pretty certain it won't be my last, but uh, I'm not sure when my next time will be. Can you? Is that something you can take numerous times? Like, obviously, there are some drugs that kind of wear you out or whatever. Is that something you could potentially do forever? Well, I'm glad you brought this up because I was wondering how I could how I could segue this, but I, I'm, I really want to go on a small tangent there with the word the word you just used because words are spells, right? There's words are spells, uh, and they are spelled a certain way or pronounced a certain way, and there is power in the specific word. So you just used the word drug. Right to refer to ayahuasca, and I and you know there's been uh, you know I saw a few articles people sent me about us doing the uh, the tea celebration, and I just want to stop you there right away because the reference to ayahuasca, uh, you know, or even marijuana, putting the tag drug on them, uh, is a manipulative word that creates a bias against those specific things, and it happens all over society. 
right? Think about the word uh, fat and sugar when it comes to food, right? Fat, you know, br uh, brings uh, an image of uh, unhealthiness and maybe obesity, uh, death, where sugar is sweet, right? Sweet is kindness. Kindness is loving, right? So we have these two words that couldn't be more opposite, right? Fat, you know, high fat foods are actually usually pretty good for you. Foods with high sugar are terrible for you. And sugar, you know, uh, you cut sugar out of your diet and it has an immediate impact on your cells and your body, especially if there's, you know, cancerous growth in your body or precancerous growth. Um, sugar, not good for you. Fat, you know, most, you know, fats are, are pretty good for you. Drugs, you think about drugs, you start labeling, you know, marijuana a drug, which is a plant, ayahuasca a drug, which is a plant, plant. psilocybin a drug, that's a fungi. Fungi. Uh, also comes from the earth. Then you think about medicine, right? Me what is medicine? Medicine is like Oh, you know, I'm going to take my uh, my daily medicine, my aspirin. That's a drug, right? That's 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 a drug. I'm going to take my, you know, uh, cough medicine. Well, that's a drug. That's not a plant, right? I'm going to take my uh, whatever fill in the blank medicine from that's a pharmaceutical. Those are drugs. Ayahuasca is not a drug. It has properties in it that have hallucinogenic uh, abilities. But it's not a drug, right? We're talking about plants here. So when I think it's a very important point to make, and this is how words are used in our society to create a bias against certain things. And I do think that's important enough to go on this ridiculous tangent that I went on no. to remind people how, not words ridiculous. Used, not ridiculous. how words are used to create bias in certain situations. Uh, and, and, and those bias create fears, and those fears prevent people from doing the research themselves or looking into it. Or having their own idea or truth about a certain situation. Hey, great tangent. So really think about the words that we use because words are spelled for a reason because they cast spells and create energy around uh, positive and negative associations with certain things. Okay. Didn't get the last part, but everything else, valid. And uh, I'm happy that I said that despicable thing about the plant ayahuasca to get us. I'm, just, I'm, I'm really thankful because no, me too. I kept reading these articles talking about us doing a drug celebration, a drug this, a drug that. It's not a drug. It's a plant. Yeah, now, now they're getting drug with what you just did. You know uh, what I'm saying? What do you consider alcohol? Fine. I mean, alcohol from what? Like... Spirits, booze, booze that get you hammered. What? What? Talking about whiskey? What? Talking about Bud Light? What? I think that's what he's talking about. I well, I think it, a lot of it comes from what vegetables and plants and oh, yeah, crops and what? rice. What? What? Rice. Right. Now some of those things have some genetically modified, you know. Uh, what? components for them but that's a whole different tangent but i think that uh, you know like for the most part i think it's probably not you know a debatable fact that you know alcohol is it's it's more of a depressant right i'd say and it doesn't it doesn't make you contemplate the meaning of life for the most part or uh you know question uh the you know the the narratives that you've been 
grown up to believe to be true, the conditioning. Some of these other plants that are outlawed as, you know, uh, what's the term? Level one, not level one. Narcotics. Yeah, they're, they're labeled as, you know, certain types of drugs. A lot of those make you question question reality, question uh, uh, what you've been told. And most of those, nobody's ever OD'd from. A lot of people have drunk themselves to death. Um, well, they've made poor decisions. And caused, and, caused some, and caused some bodily harm, physically harm to themselves, physical harm to themselves and other people. Um, so, but I have no problem with uh, with alcohol. Yeah, I can have a couple wines. Wine, tequila is supposed Scotch. to be an upper. What? That's why you get a Terramana. Wine, Scotch. Wine, that's your thing, I believe, right? But um, I'm happy you did that. Sipping tequila. Wine. Anything else? This conversation has really taken an interesting turn. I like it. Well, it's my fault. I fucking said ayahuasca was a drug. That's that's 100 percent on me Margarita. because whenever wine, when you tied it into. Um, when you tied it in with uh, marijuana, you really, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I apologize that that even happened. I'm excited you got that off your heart because it seems like that's been something you've been cooking on for a little bit because all these people are saying, this guy, this guy goes and this does weird drugs in the jungle, this drug addict here. Somebody <laughs> said, uh, I've puked for, Colin Cowherd said, yeah, I've done drugs and puked too. It's called a hangover, right. Aaron. One which, too many rum and cokes. Which was awesome. That was an amazing thing. Much different society. Uh, Ty has a question for you, Aaron. I don't know if it's about the term drug or not. Uh, it might be about some booze or the team. Excited to hear it. Go ahead, Ty. Aaron, great win on Sunday night. Glad that I got to come in here on Monday. Just feeling great. Excited for another week. And I will sit with the medicine with you anytime, pal. So keep doing your thing. Love you. Uh, you mentioned Romeo having that big play on second and long that set up Randall's uh, catch on third down, which I think would eventually set up a touchdown. Sammy Watkins had the the big chunk play. How ha, Are you enthused with what you've seen from these guys who are kind of unproven in the offense? And at this point in the season, how much is it you kind of bringing them along and trying to get them ready to go? And how much is it uh, the vets like Randall and Allen who are kind of like, hey, this is this is how things need to go for us to be successful? Ty, great to see you. You look great. You sound great. Hey, baby, Ty. Thank you, Ty. Not surprising, another great question. To answer your great question, I will will say, I think it's as much me as it is Randall and and Alan. You know, those guys who played with me for a long time. Just continuing to, as they watch the film back together, um, you know, to talk about why certain things happened uh, a certain way. Uh, But there's been a lot of great conversation uh, throughout the weeks, post game, sideline, uh, meetings, film review, things that um, that have been really encouraging. It's just about opportunities for those guys, you know. I, I think uh, Christian, you know, had a couple opportunities, but we we still got to find more ways to to get him uh, some specific plays. Romeo didn't have as many opportunities. Uh, basically, he's had two screen plays, but we keep we got to you know find ways to get him involved sammy had three plays called for him and he and he caught all three of them so uh that was good to see uh just depends on how teams are going to play us you know the bears really didn't bring any pressure and they played a lot of two show so teams aren't going to bring a lot of pressure and play a lot of two show you know then we're gonna we're gonna win in, in different ways and it might not be with those guys getting a ton of targets i don't think anybody had more than four targets in the entire game that's 
a little bit different kind of football than we've played in Green Bay over the years. First ball to Christian Watson week one. Obviously, we all know what had happened was. This time to him, a little short little pass to get him into the game. Was that obviously like, hey, Christian, we appreciate you. Let's get you on a good flow. Is that an active thought by you? And do you talk to him before the game at all about bouncing back after a rough week one? Well, that play had zero uh, real read in it. It was uh, That was the play call. It was him in a you know in a fly motion and me just making sure I don't throw the ball too crazy and try and get him a one that doesn't move like a little knuckleball to catch. Uh, so that had zero uh, read into it. That it was zero you know me you know sussing anything out. It was just oh okay Christian's over there and he's gonna run over here and I'm gonna snap it right there so then I can toss it right there. Yeah, that was the whole play. But uh, but it's good to get the ball in his hands. He's so athletic. He's you know he's got long strider. Uh, we got to get him in space. Just get him comfortable running with the football. You know, like this is everything is new. I get it. You know, he played in college and was a star. And Romeo, everybody in the NFL was a star at their college. But it's different in the NFL. You know, it's different when you're catching and running and and stiff arming and and you need to have those those anchor plays where you can go back and go, oh, yeah, sure. I remember when I had this catch and did this after the move and caught this ball and moved over here. And, uh, it, it's just about getting those guys opportunities to kind of feel it out and, and get comfortable and have those plays that they can lock in their memory and, and look back and, and uh, take confidence from. Yeah, you need to get confidence rolling, right? Because it seems yeah. like you said that there's not a lot of dudes built like that guy you've ever seen. Right. I think we're all excited to watch you two kind of get on the same page and see the growth because they invested in a wide receiver. So let's see what happens. Connor has a question for you, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, last year you said, you know, Justin Fields, you got to honor what the Bears-Packers rivalry is. Did you get a sense that he was devastated enough after the loss? And if not, did you tell him to, you know, maybe go try ayahuasca so he could care a little more about the sport of football? Connor, you legend, you. (laughs) Curious? Absolutely. Uh, uh, No, I didn't. Uh, We had a nice conversation. Yeah, I told him after the first game. Basically, to enjoy this rivalry, the first time we'll be played them, just because it's so special. Uh, you know, it, it is for everybody the first time. It is a welcome to the welcome to the rivalry moment. So there was a lot of first timers on that side uh, that hadn't played in those games. I played in I don't know twenty nine of them. I think now that's uh, a great rivalry and. Welcome to it. How many wins? 104, 105? We got 104 as a team, or it's 104 to 95, and I think eight ties. See, that's a cool thing that doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen anymore with, even in college football, there's still rivalry games, but with conference realignment, they don't seem to be happening as often as we had all hoped. In the NFL, you never see it because people leave teams and change teams. There seems to be no loyalty between anybody. For this it feels like you, and I don't know how others feel in the building, so I apologize. AJ would probably be able to speak better. It feels like you take great pride in the fact that this is a real rivalry and it doesn't exist much. I remember last year you told Justin, like, hey, experience. why is that, you think? Is it because just how long you've been in Green Bay and you know what the people feel like after a win? And does it actually affect how people feel when you beat the Bears versus somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I was out and about yesterday, and, man, people were juiced. You know, they were rocking their Packers stuff. They were, you know, thanking me for how I played. They were talking about their own experience going to the game. Uh, there was a lot of happy people around town. So that's, 
you know, that's that's usually the case. But but think about, you know, Pat, how many is what other rivalry could you say in the NFL is similar to this? You know, that has a history and that also has, you know, at least a few players who played in a number of these, so kind of carry on that tradition. Like is there another rivalry that you can think about the top of your head that that can kind of fit in this category in the NFL? We were just kinda of mouthed, I guess Giants Eagles, maybe, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they hate each other. I think that's yeah. one of those ones. Cowboys, Commanders, but they—I mean—that's not the same thing anymore. They've ch- that team's changed so many times. Yeah, I don't think and so. You're right. Named it now, so it's not even you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. It's only been the Commanders for a few years, but well, Washington football. Look, I've, yeah. Colts, this yeah. is my 18th year, so I've been a part of this. Was my what? Uh, 36th time being on the field for a part of it. And obviously, I didn't start in, in uh, a few of those, but but it's a special experience, you know. And, and I've seen a lot of change on both sides. You know, Mason and I, Mason's been with us for, what, 16 years now. He's seen a lot of games. We've had guys on both sides of it. You know, we had Julius Peppers, Paddle Donner, our punter was there. Um, he you know, Lucas one. Patrick, who played with us, is over there now. Luke Getzey, who's been a part of the rivalry. Uh, you know, Luke Butkus, the uh, the nephew of uh, Dick Butkus, who wants to punch me in the face, like he's on our staff. So, so that guy was a lot of Jim McMahon. Why? Jim McMahon played. That guy you know, wants to Jim punch you in the face. What? That guy wants to punch you in the face. Supposedly, yeah. Did his nephew tell you that, or did he tell you that on? No, Twitter? no, he did an interview, and he said. You know, but he was mad about the fact that I said I own the Bears and that he would, you know, if he saw me, he'd want to punch me. In, or no, if he had been playing back then, he would want to punch me in the face. Which is kind of what you were looking for at that moment, too, right? I mean, you probably would have fought back, I think. Well, a 65-year-old punching me in the face, I feel like I got, for the most part, a pretty good chance. What if he's fucking, what if you do, I fucking own you. I've always owned you. You turn around, Dick Buckus is on the field. Yeah. And he fucking just <laughs> comes enough. over and he does. And you two fucking square up. <laughs> that would have been that would have been so awesome. That would have been uh, Look, mad respect. Look, for dude, he's a legend, man. I got I got no beef with Dick Buckus, but he's a fucking legend. What you like, he he played and he also knows how special that rivalry is. So yeah, when I say something like that, it's triggering because it's a special rivalry, right? You know, there's there's the mutual animosity. But you can't really say what I said was not true. Oh. You know, record can bury the bears. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that you yeah. talk about it that way, too, because it's not normal for the NFL nowadays. Everybody wants to say the absolute right thing all the time. And you being like, no, this is a rivalry. Our people like it more. We're trying to beat the fuck out of them. I mean, what are we yeah. even... What are we even doing? Sorry about it. I think that's a beautiful thing, and that's why the NFL will continue to be the greatest sport on earth. AJ, your question. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with, with your record against them, but I wanted to ask, you mentioned Luke Getzey. I know he was on the staff last year or before, and now he's with the Bears. When we, they cut to you at the sideline all the time, you and Tom Clements, the quarterback coach who came back to town, how do you like having him there? And he seems to be a great calming influence on you when you're there punching Microsoft surfaces and throwing them and pointing – angrily in different directions like what's it like having tom there he seems like he never reacts and he's just like all right here we go bud we're gonna just get it on out and then we're gonna go on the field next series that's basically what happens i feel like i could say almost anything and he'd be like all right let's just you know let's 
get you know, let's make sure we throw the ball on time. Let's, let's <laughs> have a better series next series. <laughs> and I'm just like, what could I possibly say that could really trigger Tom enough for him to not say? All right, let's, you know, hey, let's go respond. Let's go have a good series. <laughs> you know? But I love that call me and just his presence. You know, he's such a great guy and such a wealth of knowledge. There's always one or two things he tells me uh, on the sidelines or pregame, or, you know, on the bench there that's, that really helps. And he's excellent coaching fundamentals. He's excellent understanding the position. And, and it's a less is more, you know. It's, there's a standard. You know, and the standard is up here. And it's not unrealistic because I've played at that level. But it's not coming down because I'm 38 or it's not coming down because we don't have Devante or whatever, you know, whatever you might put in there. The standard is the standard for Tom. He's seen me play at the highest level. He expects me to still do it. I love him for it. And he's, you know, it's just, I, you know, I shook his hand and, and, you know, again, like you get older, things are maybe a little bit more emotional. I've seen you cry at the drop of a hat, AJ, all the time for no reason whatsoever. But I'm not scared. I, sh- I saw him on the sidelines in week one. I didn't mention this, but I shook his hand and I said, Tom, it's so good having you back. And I and, I, and it kind of hit me after I walked away, like how much I truly meant that. Like I truly meant how special it is to have Tom back because he was such a big part of my young career. And... And I owe him so much for the success that I've had. And it's just so cool to, like, bring it full circle and have him have him back in town in my room. Hell, yeah, it's great. I think that what you just talked about is a cool moment, that you were so emotional. That's why you guys didn't win, because you saw Tom back on the sideline. Mm. You know, that's basically what I just heard there. That's, that is a fucking cool thing, though, that you've been in the league long enough that this guy has seen you, okay, at different levels, probably watched from afar, and now he's back in there and understands, like, okay, sometimes Aaron's going to be pissed off and sometimes Aaron's going to expect something, but he's allowed to. And I assume that respect goes both way between you and Tom. And that's why I think we're all expecting an incredible season. Yeah. Speaking of Tom's, um, do you and Tom Brady text each other and say, who can ruin a Microsoft Surface more, me or you this week? Uh, this week it was Tom, first week. You had the early lead on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had the early lead I on him. I didn't throw any services last night. No, no, no. But he didn't do anything to a surface. He took the lead and will probably withstand the number one uh, surface abuse for the season. I don't know if anything will top that. But that energy that he still has, he's saying, fuck you, bitch, to Marshawn Lattimore and throwing a surface. You are motherfucking whenever new guys aren't doing things. What do you think it is about you two that keep that drive? Because... I think that is one of the most impressive things about this run. And everybody talks about Tom being 44. He is. You're 38 years old. You've won the MVP four times back-to-back now. You still have this, like, competitive – what do you think it is? And do you think you'll ever be able to, get like, lose that? Like, will that ever go away, you think? Well, I hope so. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be that weird, you know, uh, parent in the stands watching their kid who – absolutely loses their shit nonstop and can't like turn off that competitive juice uh like like i've seen from aj hawk in, in oh yeah you know in coaching uh, little uh, lennon's games where he just can't you know realize these girls are 11 and nobody's going to the WNBA after the season so maybe just chill out a little bit you know um i'm not going to be that guy i don't i you know i don't think it's even possible but as far as doing something that i love that i'm really good at 
and being highly competitive, I don't think that's going to turn out. Why would that? You know, that's the drive to be the best all Hell the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and every now and then they catch us doing some things. I threw, you know, uh, threw, tossed a surface, you know, back against Carolina in, what, 2015. It is still a great meme where, you know, it's one of those things you think a guy's never going to be open. You look at the stupid, you know, pictures on the surface. He's wide-ass open, and you get pissed off because the game basically over because he threw a shitty pick and comes out like I get it I totally get it uh after that I just realized maybe I shouldn't take it out on the surface surface did nothing wrong uh didn't make me you know start you know taking it out on myself uh you know physically or anything yeah there we go there it is right there yeah yeah yep. Scott's and Scott Tolzien's like Maybe you fucking missed it. <laughs> Good teammate. Good teammate. You know, just piling on there. I think that want to be great still and still have the juice is a talent that not a lot of people have. And uh, it's an honor to watch you keep going, pal. The hair's looking fantastic, by the way. You should yeah. feel good about where it's at right now, Supreme. I think. Thank you so much. I'm, I got to talk to Age, or sorry, probably Laura, about kind of what she sets out for AJ to put in his hair because I feel like. Um, there's times where it looks fuller than it actually is. Like you get up close, you see there's a lot of thinning going on. And I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm using the right products uh, as I get older. Uh, so I got to give Laura a call probably after this, see what he's, uh, what he's using on his hair. But you got a great head of hair as well. Pat. No, this mine's getting thin as well. I'm starting to get the peaks a little bit more. I was going to grow it long, but my hair looks bad like that. Did you say, give I don't me, believe it. Did you say, give it. me the AJ Hawk though, when you got the cut? Is that what you said? Oh, look how long it is. Do you have like weird long parts in the back? It is super. It's got a pretty good flow. Who? Me? You. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's still it's a little long, but. It's not that long. I feel like it's maybe just a tad longer than yours, but I got to get that product. You you got some filler or something going on that you. You don't say. Yeah. Huh. Wow. wow, guys, cheating in his hair. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Hey, Aaron, you and still doing coffee up, enemas? He's putting it up here too. He's putting it right up here too. Absolutely. What you say, AJ? Wait. I asked him if he was still doing those coffee enemas. I know he said he's not doing sugar. You doing that too? That usually goes hand in hand. <laughs> Get the caffeine, you're saying. Not during the season. I would. Hey, I would. Out of all the different types of enemas, coffee is definitely the uh, Well, you did that one. Uh, What was that one? He was in the middle. Caponcha Karma. Oh, yeah. Poncha Karma. In the Poncha Karma, there's different types of enemas. There's oil ones, there's water ones, there's coffee ones. What? That what AJ brought up was real. That this is so that gives you what just straight energy, straight to the ass. Like, hey, give me, give me all. The- I didn't think it was a real question for the record. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, whatever you do, man, you're in the best shape of your life. You're playing football better than ever. And uh, are you growing the hair for a Halloween costume? Have you thought about that already? Has that already been pre- uh, planned and prepared? I don't know where else to go. You know, the two best athlete, uh, athletes, <laughs> two best maybe athlete athlete actors of all time. Actors first though. Actors slash athletes are uh, Keanu Reeves and Nick Cage. So I've already dressed up as them over the last year. I don't know how to top that. I really don't. I was watching Life Aquatic back the other week. I, that was a great, you know, I thought a great costume back in 2017. But what else do you do? I mean, you pay homage to the two greatest actors of our generation. Is there a third that you would put in that category? You know, maybe Chuck Norris or Jackie Chan, I guess, but. Paul Giamatti, maybe? Yeah. AJ Hawk. No. What? Oh, you could be AJ Hawk. Oh, my God. 
You're AJ Hawk. As what? AJ as like his common Maccabee show where AJ is... No. You put the pads on. Yeah. Pads on. I think you put the full pads on. <laughs> I, I think the Ohio State pads... I mean, the Green I think Bay you should be Matt LaFleur. You should trim up your eyebrows and be LaFleur. Oh, even better. Put, beard. put him in the khakis, just do this all, yeah. all yeah, day. Yeah, night. Just do this all night at the party, and if they catch you on Snapchat or something, you, you'll just be doing that as opposed to, you know... What do you, AJ, what do you think, or maybe I'll ask Ty, like, first, is it true Packer fan? Ty, what do you think about Matt, you know, trying to get the fans riled up. Do you think that's his job? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it cool? Is it love cheesy? It. What do you think? I'll be honest. I do not love it. I can't. Whoa, I can't what? say it. I mean, it's fucking Lambo, Matt. All right. The people are going to get loud. Okay. You don't need to be pumping him up. But I, I like that he's, you know, he's juiced up. He's ready to go. He wants the team to be successful. He wants the crowd to get into it. But rest assured, they're going to get loud, especially if 12's out there. They're going to get loud. Okay. Oh, jeez. I'll tell you. I don't know if they, they probably didn't catch us on the, on the TV broadcast, but it's one of those cool things when you when you actually go to a game <clears throat> that uh, you know you would you would uh, hear. But at the two minute warning, the crowd started chanting, "The Bears still suck." The oh, Bears still oh, suck. Wow. And then they means a little more. Yeah, that's right. And then they posted on the Jumbo John Levy's videos, which are usually for when the, our crowd, which is a loud crowd and incredible at the wave as well. I think it's a Midwest thing, but they, sometimes they do the wave around the stadium when we're on offense. So they have these, you know, these players on the jumbotron that say, "Hey, shh, oh, yeah. you know, quiet or whatever." So it's a two-minute warning, and they're, uh, you know, chanting this, and they put up that, you know, PSA on the scoreboard, like, "Hey, offense is at work. Be quiet." It was like three of our guys. It was like Sammy. Allen and Bobby, maybe. And I was like, man, fuck that. Let's hear that chant again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you did a... Uh... It's it's twenty. You know, it's 27 to 10. We're up three scores and we're kneeling it out three times. Come on, let's go. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. I that love it. Cool that, that explains cool the rivalry right there, I think. Yeah. That, I hope, lives on forever. And uh, are we starting the book club this week or next week? I mean, I have one if we need one. Uh next to me we can we can go with it and then i think we do it and and start it off right uh the one that i really want to start with uh, just to kick it off so super controversially i uh i don't know where it is i might have given it given it away so i might need to get another one but i got one that's a a great book that i read this off season that uh, is a good one to start with as well if you want to go with it or we can go next week either way i think ladies and gentlemen it is time uh for a repeat of what happened last season which took the book reading world by storm. We could have never guessed to be a part of something like this, but I think it became like the second largest book club if you go by the numbers uh, of subscribers and merch bars. Maybe the second going, second entire book club going. Uh, Raised $100,000 for reader advocacy groups, which we've had numerous reach out. And now we got season two, book one. Aaron Rodgers read this book this off season, the first book of Book Club 2.0 is? You're going to recognize this author from a book from the first year of the book club, but this is another book by Don Miguel Ruiz, and it's called The Mastery of Love. Oh, of course. Let's go, man. I fucking love when this is talked about. We love love around here. Uh Yeah, we love love here. What's The Mastery of Love all about, Aaron, and when did you read it? 
Well, at the top it says a practical guide to the art of relationship. Um, but it's it's much like the four agreements, which I'm sure you remember remember all four of those. Uh, that was a book that he wrote as well. You're going to go get it right now. And remember that uh, it's important to be uh, impeccable with your word and uh, don't make assumptions and always do your best. And what else, Pat? What am right. I missing? Where did he go? He's off camera. He's trying to find oh, it. Oh, here, here we go. I think it's underneath your thing. So, no, it's right here. Yeah, dude, obviously. Um, hey, hey, uh, hey, Don, let's get a little bit more creative with the, the cover. Okay, yeah, come on. Master of Love. Very and, similar. I mean, we turned that song bitch sideways. I mean, we got the, uh, mm -hmm. hey, Don, come on. It's not about what's on I the cover. I think that's the point because a lot of times they're sold uh, together. The Mastery of Love with the Four Agreements. And I think there's another book called The Fifth Agreement. Let's see here. It's a lot of fucking agreements. Uh -huh. I'm but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a simple book. There's, uh, it's only about 200 pages, uh, but the simplest books often have the deepest wisdom in it. Uh, he's Whoa. from the Toltec lineage, and he does a fantastic job of uh, making uh, complex subjects like relationships uh, a little simpler to apply some of the wisdom from this book. So shout out to Don Miguel Ruiz. The first time we. Uh, highlighted one of his books, The Four Agreements. He had a message uh, of uh, support for our book club and thanks for the recognition. So, big shout out to Don Miguel Ruiz again. Hell yeah, thank you for your books and for your incredible knowledge and in how to live a better life. And I think one thing that you didn't mention that I wanted to bring up here is breaking old agreements or, or breaking old habits. I don't see any of those pages dog here. Break. Uh, Nope, there's one right there. <laughs> Always do your best. Always do your best. I forgot about that one. And it's not just about what you think is the best. It's about what's the best for the situation that you're in. That's right. Oh, yeah. You've been saying it all week. Yeah, and, and the fourth agree the four agreements are great. The fifth one's fantastic. And the mastery of love is really going to take us all to the next level, isn't it, Aaron? I mean, this is a beautiful thing, this book club 2.0. Hey, I'm excited to bring it back. Uh, I'm going to match uh, all the first-year donations uh, so I'm going to throw another 100000 to the book club. And wow, we're going to announce wow. those specific uh, reader advocacy groups that we're um, partnering with very soon. But big thanks to A.J. Dillon and all of our other loyal book club fans. And, again, read more TV less. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Making the world a better place, smarter place. That's right. Mm -hmm. More literate place. That's right. $200,000. Hey, thank you for that, Aaron. You're a good man. Good guy. Good guy hey, for and, that. And also, one more thing. This behind me, right, uh, uh, you know, these are real books, right? I can take one off the shelf. Oh, and, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, right here. I can pull one off the shelf. That's a real book. See, it's in my hand right now. AJ has fake books. Whoa. Me too. AJ, you got any books? No. No, this is a backdrop from Amazon. I told you that three oh, years ago. Oh, what? Dude, K-Fay. I don't need to pretend like I can read all these. These are fake. Man. Damn. I think there is one over my shoulder somewhere, though. Ayn Rand is up here somewhere. Okay. Huh. All right, sweet. That's great. Classic. <laughs> really bummed for it. Thanks for it. Uh, Aaron. Yeah, I got, I got Ayn Rand somewhere. Oh, yeah. Good. Sure, you guys, you guys call and read together, I bet. Uh, but you might you can't see it here, but I have some of the book club books right here. I got uh I got uh The Giver, I got Outliers. Oh, I like 
I got the four agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz right here. I got uh, Where Men Win Glory. Oh, yeah. You know what I, mean? I got my yeah. own little. Hey, there we go. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And then remember when you told people to read this in a one-week book club? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's not a one-week book club. It's a year-long book club yeah. where we just get together and meet for, yeah. you know, 17 or 18 weeks. So we got to, mm. you know, inspire yeah. people to read. It's not, you know, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about... 16 or 17 books over 52 weeks. That's one book every three weeks. I don't think that was properly said last year then. I think uh, a lot of people, ourselves included, yes. thought we were on a week-to-week -week book club. Yep. And maybe that's what scared us away from a little bit. You know what I mean? Because when you pop up a Bible and tell me that we're going to talk about it next week, there ain't no shot. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not even giving it a go. So I, I think what the we're book... Not, that's the thing. We're not talking about it. We're highlighting books that I love. And that oh. I uh, recommend to people to read, and we don't got to read it every week. And they have right? an entire year, maybe, to to go through a book club, or actually, honestly, they have an entire lifetime. Do what I do; just start stacking books all over the place and never read them. You know, that's a good policy. Hold on, so that's what everybody's going to say now. You do read these books that you like, the mastery no, of I love. Do, but, but this is what happens: you start a book club, and then literally, I get fan mail oh. or you know, friend mail. In the last year, books. I've probably stacked yeah. up a hundred books that I didn't pay for that were sent to me, uh, that were gifted to me. Uh, some of them are like local writers, you know, that think I need to be putting their book on the, you know, on the book club. Well, that's a good idea. Some that's of them are friends who are sending stuff in. Some people I haven't talked to in a long time. Some are random fans. But it's probably been at least a hundred books. Uh, that honestly I haven't got to because I have my own stack of like 20 that I'm trying to get to and get through. We're backed up um, on books already. <laughs> 20 that I'm actually try I'm actually reading probably two or three of those at a time at the Whoa. most. And there's another hundred brains that this I guy. gotta find <laughs> Because I'm not reading those. You're reading three books at a time, dude, and you're back-to-back -back MVP at the NFL. What the? Your brain bigger than everybody else's? Is that what you think? Are you a speed reader? You doing? Uh, you reading both pages at the same damn time? You doing two lines? How do you do it? No, there's just certain times where it makes sense to, to have a book with you. So sometimes it, you might want a smaller book or one you could pick up and drop, like The Mastery of Love. Sometimes it might be a, a different book that I'm going to highlight later in the book club that's, you know, 100 pages like that, that you can pick up and read 10 pages at a time. Okay. And then sometimes, okay. you know, if you, there's a 300-page, 400-page book that uh, – that that situation uh, it calls for a book like that, where you have more time to read. You might be on a flight, or or have you know three hour downtime at some point, where instead of you know binging a show, you want to read a know, book. Read a book, of course. And that's the thing that I think we just learned about old book club 2.0 is let's not rush ourselves here. No, you're you know let's let's take this as a year long challenge. Yeah, we all know you're not going to read them, okay? A little judgmental. I Whoa. thought we were not supposed to judge a book by its cover exactly. or tank top or whatever the case is. Let me let me finish my sentence. You're not going to read them if they're over 200 pages. So wow, a wise man once mm. told me sometimes the simplest books have the deepest meanings. So maybe well, let me just say like this book that we started with. It's it's right at about 200 pages. Next, and the Berenstein Bears. It's too long for them. Well, yeah, you know that. Yeah, that is true. Berenstein Bears. Very. The last year we had the what? The boy, the horse, the the, the giver, boy, the, the goose, yeah. the horse. Yep, the grandpa. I'll read that one multiple oh. times. Oh, I already have. Yeah, but I'm just this one is the one I always go back to. You know, because fingerprints of the gods. 
Yeah, because I honestly believe we were supposed to read it every single week, and I thought that was an impossible task, but I, Connor was trying to speed read these things. I was trying to find cliff notes because I thought there was maybe going to be a quiz each week and really had to chat about it. This one is really the one that really turned the page for me, not even to give it a go. But look, if you want to, if you want to go to that, and you want me to pick two hundred page books or shorter? No, I can create a list of questions that I ask you the next week. No, and quiz you on you know, no, the motifs no. and the names of the fun show. Schedule's crazy. Schedule's yeah, crazy. Come on, I, I just learned it's an entire year long thing. So give me yeah, more fingerprints. Of mine. I mean, your schedule. You're doing the show Monday to Friday. Is that right? What? Then you got SmackDown. What? No, no, no. Hiatus on SmackDown. Hiatus on SmackDown. Okay. We're well, doing show Monday through Friday. Yeah. And then you're doing game day Saturday. College game day on Saturday. Yeah, it's awesome. And then you're watching football all day Sunday because you got to talk about it during the week. Yeah, it's great. What? It's good. Catch me week ten. When, you, when me, are you working on your physique? Because you're looking good, man. You're looking ripped. Hawkeye's in the new Thunderdome, oh, right yeah. over here. It's honestly right here. Aaron, you got to see this place. The gym that him and Schlegel put together, fantastic. Now, one of the companies that Schlegel told us to work with, hmm. Eh. That's the hey, runner around. They did give us a run around mm -hmm. on running around a treadmill. Nonetheless, it is beautiful over here. So I think I'm going to get into like a little bit more of a schedule. Ooh. So this is obviously is set up here, uh, Aaron, where I'm pointing right above my head. That's a golf simulator. That's a big wall that we need decorated. So any ideas out there, we are wide open. We're thinking about yeah, obviously. Some, yeah, go ahead. A psychedelic mural maybe would be good there probably. Hell yeah. Oh, graffiti. hey, why don't you send your tad over and then, you know, yes. we'll just put it right up there. Superimpose that could be that. a cool thing. You said a psychedelic painting, you think? A little bit of a splatter? A mural? A mural. A mural. Oh. Yeah. You don't want that third eye staring at you all day, though. That's yeah, looking out that way. Yeah. It ain't looking at me. Fucking look at everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And then the Hawk House is down over yonder at that hoop that I've missed multiple times today, but I hit yesterday, although it had the worst audio in the history of audio. <laughs> That's the Hawk House down in there. We'll debut it someday. We're going to give a full tour once everything's in there. You didn't, uh, you know, uh, you... I'm guessing you didn't call my friends at Powerlift. Well, we didn't. Well, we didn't. No. Well, that's kind of agent's yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? I, I can't. I need to get there. What? To the Hawkeyes? Yeah, I need to get there in, in person and see what's going on and see what it needs. Yeah. Although, a lot of accessories I'm looking for. Yeah, but Powerlift, I mean, was probably an option at some point. Yeah, I mean, you dropped easy. the ball. What's that all about? Oh, Why yeah. do you think we don't have it in the Hawkeye? Why do you think yeah. you chose because not Because we to know have Aaron says, call my friends at Powerlift, and then you ask Aaron, hey, what's your number? And then he flakes out and gets back to you six months later. Oh! oh! I couldn't start that. Yeah, well. It's already I tough enough. It. I love it. Supply chain. I love you knowing AJ's triggered because he, he, he takes – most of his shots are very, like, you know, uh, subvert. But when it's overt, you know, when he when he really wants you to know to take a shot at you, that means he's really triggered by something you said. So good for you, man. Well, good for you, you, too. Sounds I like got you got him triggered as well. Yeah. Uh, it sounds yeah. like it was a great ending to this beautiful episode two, uh, season three of Great Toss There, Zeno. Aaron Rodgers nice Tuesday. Aaron, this ball goes in. We'll put another 50000 into that um, literacy thing, and then we'll give away uh, $1,000 to 10 people who randomly tweet this. Holy shit. Ooh. If you make it, I'll put another 50 on top of the 100 i am putting in. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Oh, no. Here we go. Come on, Pressure baby. moment. Come oh, on. no. Come the on. so big. <laughs> yeah. Massive. Hoop's so big.
Sorry about it. Nobody's going to read now. That's 100% on me. Uh, Aaron, I appreciate you. I'm going to watch you this week. Get a little better at throwing so I make the mm-hmm. shot. We'll do it again next week. Something magical will happen. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Have an incredible week. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you next week. Got it. Yeah! How you doing, Aaron? I appreciate you, brother. Have a great one, brother. We appreciate you, Aaron. Yeah! All right, it's time to wrap up this glorious Tuesday. Uh, from myself to Toxic Table, everybody in the back, AJ Hawk. Uh, to all the construction workers and people that worked in this place, architects, uh, yeah. uh, people that helped at the design in the very mm-hmm. beginning, we appreciate everybody for allowing this to be our job and our workplace. We will see you manana with a massive Wednesday. Ain't that right, AJ? Oh, I can't wait. Hey, it's a big Wednesday. Huge. Mad Dogs, Mad Dogs with Stephen A. tomorrow, right? Yes, exactly. Point. You get it. We all get it. We'll see you in about 20 hours and 18 minutes. Yep. Okay. You all are the best. Hammer Down's on a hiatus while we figure out uh, what to do with that show. Tone Diggs, obviously. New father. Tony. 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 Brand Tony. new father. Brand new father. Yeah. Congratulations. We'll figure that out because we are all needing their bets on a daily basis. Yeah. So. Absolutely. We at least need to hear Gumpy's brain on a daily basis and win. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Very bad. All right. See you all tomorrow. I wish I could have made a shot for a giveaway. That's on me. I apologize. (laughs) Fistball goes in. We'll give, uh, we'll give a hundred dollars to, uh, or five hundred dollars to, uh, ten random people that retweet this. Whoa. Oh, man. Just wasn't in the CADs. Mm-mm. So it's tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow they're all going. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, because if I make everyone, it's going to look like it's an easy shot. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy shot. It's not on purpose. It's hard. No. It's really hard. Fucking impossible, damn near. Different levels. Yeah, Come Phil's on. celebrating. We're not giving money away over there. Of course. <laughs> See if I feel very Classic. happy we're not giving away more money. We'll give away a lot of money tomorrow, hopefully, and we'll have a better show. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You all are the best. Goodbye. Be nice to people. See ya.